is this thing on? Can you hear me? Welcome to the Gravity Lift Podcast, a mostly entertaining and at times informative place where we get to chat about all the things we love. Music and festival life, yoga and wellness, travel and adventure. We are your hosts, Jordan and Antonella. So this is podcast two today. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a little tired. Pretty sleepy. That was fun, but it was, was a, a long day. It was a... Uh... I, don't, I didn't quite look at it. I think it was about two hours. Yeah. So we did um, about five hours of podcasting today. That's a lot. That's I know. like almost a full-time job. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. I loved it though. I thought it was really cool. It's kind of tiring though because you're, you know, engaging and really, when was, you know, last time that you were really connecting with someone else for a couple hours and then you do that again with a whole another <laughs> set of people. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine like going out to a party like at someone's house like a dinner party Mm -hmm. where you have to sit and engage with multiple people over the course of four hours by the end of it you're like i'm so tired that's how i feel do you think that's that slightly introverted part of us that's like the social thing takes some energy oh i think for sure but i mean it takes a lot more energy to sit and have a conversation with someone about life than sit and watch tv or read a book yeah so it's like your brain's working so i think because your brain's working it's using up calories which Mm -hmm. is then you're hungry and you're tired and just like feels it's exhausting. Now. I yeah. had a blast. So we had uh, this evening Jonathan Katz in here and um, it was great to get to know him because we've been admiring him over the last year and then we've started to solicit his parties and now we've yeah, started to get to involved in his parties. I forgot to talk about that on the podcast. We, uh, when I played the show with him for what was it, the Tiki Tiki shows that oh, uh, yeah. Mike Devlin throws. So I was, and, uh, that wasn't that long ago though no but so we were at that show and we were hanging out with him and just having an absolute blast and stayed till the end and then afterwards we went outside and talked for a little while and that was really that moment where i was like oh that's who this dude is Mm -hmm. like okay and i was like we should definitely have him on the podcast yeah we we talked about this um earlier that like it almost feels like going out now has kind of turned into like scouting for new podcasts. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> Which we don't mean it to be. Yeah. It's not like intentionally. It's just like we're out there and talking with people and we're like, oh, that person, like I would love to get to know more about them. Yeah. And Jonathan has been one that has been on the top of the list for a while. So I'm glad we got to get him in here and ask him some questions about yeah, life. Yeah, we got to go down the route of fraternities, which you both kind of grew up in in your college years. We talked about travel, um, baby making, burning man, noise complaint, and then um, giant cat-sized <laughs> Jonathan's. No, I don't even remember <laughs> Jonathan just Kat. just listen to the episode and <laughs> you'll, you'll hear where it goes from there shenanigans but yeah so we talked about a lot, a lot of fun random stuff John mm-hmm. is just a, a sparkling individual mm-hmm. that shines um and so it was great to hear some of his perspectives on life yeah and I really appreciated him yeah all right well give it a listen for why he loves avocados <laughs> I'm a pretty book? open person yeah okay. I don't really have any so yeah. most people we get in the hot seat say the exact same thing. Uh, what we do find is that sometimes we'll delve into a topic where someone's like, oh, no, you're right. I kind of don't really want to talk about that right now. So we have everyone pick a safe word. Mm. So Avocado. 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 See, see, some people just come in and they're like, they know safe it. word. Yeah. We had Virginia in earlier and she was like, uh, uh, she couldn't decide. I don't know. She's like, there's <laughs> so much pressure. And the, what we find is 99% of people choose a food. 
Yeah. Oh, I that makes sense. Yeah. Everybody's always like safe word food. Okay, cool. I think it's helpful too when we're dealing with people in the industry because sometimes we're going down a route talking about an event that hasn't been announced yet or something they're playing that they're not really supposed to be talking about yet. So sometimes that's a good a good rule of thumb. Just be like, mm, I'd like to go into more, but avocado. So yeah, I uh, yeah, I don't think they're okay. yeah. If but I'll cool. I'll, you know, shout avocado if avocado. Yeah. Avocados are life. Yep, they are. I was at PCC today and I was really sad because they were all rock hard. Oh, Not no. a single avocado that I could yeah. take home. My wife's from Southern California, so she's very, very particular about her uh, avocados. And uh, I'm just like, dude. Yeah, my on. buddy in SoCal just calls them avos. Avos. They yep. don't have to be perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I get you don't want that one's all brown, but like, yeah. it's like sex and pizza. It's still a freaking avocado at the end of yeah. the day. Yeah. Like, that's when they get brown, that's gross, but like, they, I can cut around it if I what have What if they to. get stringy? Dude, have you ever like encountered that? Because I started encountering that Costco. at Costco. Hmm. We'll get ones that will literally have like hard strings inside of it. Like, it's like the pit, the pit inside it's of like it. It's like separating away from it or something? No, it's like, it's like growing. It's like, huh. it's really weird. I don't weird. think I've ever had that. Right? And it's I've encountered an it multiple experience. times from Costco. And yeah. it like, Imagine. the whole avocado is destroyed. Because I'm, I'm, I pride myself on it's picking good picky. avocados. Yeah, I've learned to become but. much better about it over, over the time of being married to my wife. Because <laughs> you don't want to disappoint her with her avocados. It's like, that just means she has high standards. So yeah. you should take that as a compliment. I do, because I do, Because yeah. she picked you, yep. a wonderful avocado, to be in her life. Yeah. So how did you guys meet? Uh, we met actually at a friend's wedding. Well, we met um, at like an after party that I was throwing at the friend at for their friend's wedding. So like it was some people that I had met maybe six months prior. So I was like ju- I was like B squad on the invite <laughs> list. So I didn't get invited, but um, like I went to the rehearsal dinner and stuff. And uh, and actually, I guess technically I met her there, but it didn't. It was a very short interaction, and then. Um, I had just like moved into my place that I just bought in Green Lake at the time. This is like 2012. And I, uh, we, I was like, we all went up, we all met up at some bar or something like that after the wedding. And then I was like, oh, let's go to my house or whatever. Like I just moved in, blah, blah, blah. And we, we met there and, uh, she was living in San Diego at the time. And, uh, my buddy, the groom, he was like, hey, I can see you, like, you know, kind of got googly eyes for this Marissa <laughs> chick. She was a bridesmaid. Um, mm. They went to college together and everything, her, the groom and the bride and her. And he's like, why don't you come to a brunch tomorrow, you know, wherever they're having brunch. And um, I think it's the Zigzag at the downtown Seattle. I can't mm-hmm. remember. It's changed his name now, but it was called the Zigzag at the time. But anyways, and, like, I get there and, like, a seat like literally like magically clears open by her and she like points at me and like taps the seat and wow. I was like all right take a charge okay. I can deal with this okay. and then, uh, <laughs> sounds like a great wingman yeah you right up too. yeah he definitely he totally hooked me up and uh I happen to be going down to Southern California like two weeks later for a work thing and uh to Newport Beach and I was like hey why don't I come in like a day early and link up with you in San Diego and then I'll just you know take the train or rent a car or whatever and drive up to Newport the next day for my work thing she was like sounds great and the rest is history I mean she tried to break up with me once because of the long distance thing but Mm. you know I uh, long distance is hard how did you how did you eventually get her up here uh well I think like part of the reason she broke up with me was because she uh you know she didn't see herself moving up to Seattle Mm -hmm. but also part of it and she'll tell you this now is like kind of like fear, you know, like 
uh, like she did kind of see it going in a little bit more of a serious direction. And so I think she kind of like pulled back a little bit because of that. And, uh, and so we just decided to take things like one day at a time. Like I convinced her of that and we just kind of kept up with our like schedule of seeing each other every two, three weeks. Like I flew down to San Diego a lot for that year. And, uh, then we went to, uh, we would go to, um, like Rosarito, Mexico all the time. Cause it's like a 45 minute drive from San Diego. It's like the perfect little getaway and all the hotels are super cheap there. And then one time she was just like, I think I'm ready to move to Seattle, like in the next year. And she ended up moving like three months later. Because so, cute. Yeah. And her whole family's down in California, I would assume? They're from there, but they've over the last uh, like two, three years, they've spread out. So she's got some in Austin. Some mm. actually moved up here. Uh, we got married in uh, on Orcas Island. So like they nice. fell in love with this area. So they yeah. live in Edmonds now. Wow. Okay. Edmonds yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. Edmonds yeah. is cool. Yeah. On several yeah. occasions, you've been like... Yeah, I would love to, but I got family in town, so I've got to go be with family. And it's happened on two different occasions, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. when I've talked to you about yeah. random things. And yeah. so I figured her family was just still away. Yeah, no, her, I mean, her, she does have family that visits. And then also, like, my, my folks or my mom, stepdad, sister, nephew, they all live in Tri Cities where I grew up. So, okay. um, like, my mom and little nephew were in town this weekend. So, and sister. Which of the Tri Cities? Richland. Okay. Oh, nice. we've done yeah. workshops in Richland. Uh, we like Richland. The name actually. speaks for itself. <laughs> it's pretty uh, great. It's small. It is. It's grown a lot. Like it's not. It is small. Like it's to me. It's like I don't know three, four times the size. It probably wow. when I grew up there. Like my neighborhood, there was nothing out there. And now, from like my childhood bedroom, you can see like a Home Depot and like a Walmart and like crazy a movie theater and a hotel. And we stayed at that hotel. We stayed at that hotel. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but it's a cool, yeah, yeah. it still definitely has that small town vibe for better. Or for we, worse. we had a blast. We've been there yeah. a couple of times to teach workshops and everybody was really great and very like hospitable. Yeah. Yeah. It's know? got that. It's got that small town kind of welcoming yeah. kind of vibe for the most part so yeah yeah i really liked it and then what got you here uh i went to school at u-dub oh, so okay. i was always a huskies fan growing up and everything and like that's pretty much that's where i knew i wanted to go so went to school there and then actually i graduated and moved to la for a year hated it like <laughs> hated the weather hated the people hated the um, weather interesting yeah i liked having four seasons yeah. like just growing up I you know you. i went to um, school in santa clara so i was in the bay area yeah and so i spent four years kind of doing the same thing and yeah it was it was tough i just remember like and this is also right um at the start of the recession because i graduated college mm. in middle of 08 so like i'm starting you know a career so to speak at 24 or whatever years old struggling the economy is like in the crapper Mm -hmm. and so and i'm just like hustling like shipping solutions or whatever to businesses and i'm in like a suit in january and it's like 95 degrees out in la (laughs) like pounding pavement and i was like yo this is terrible i'm moving home like i hate this so did you what did you go to school for did you know that you were going to end up in the sales realm uh no i well i mean in some way shape or form yeah so i went to school for entrepreneurship so i did a i did the you know normal business administration or whatever and then at u-dub they have tons of different like channels you can go down and then so like you end up focusing you know i don't know a third of your classes i guess the last couple years or whatever on that uh you know finance or accounting or entrepreneurship or you know 
like operations if you're like into mm-hmm. like that's logistics or whatever or stats or whatever mm-hmm. it might be so we did uh um, entrepreneurship and it was really cool because you actually the then entrepreneurship you could do like growing a business mm-hmm. which i don't know what all necessarily that entailed because i did the other one which was starting a business mm. and it was really cool it was a year long and you actually started an actual business nice. and um they had like a fund that you know had x amount of dollars in it and like basically halfway through you did a like a pitch to like essentially a board of investors and these were like real business people and um like you know Wells Fargo VPs and like stuff like that and you would say like you know this is what we're going to do this is all our projected blah 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 this is how much money we need to get this business off the ground. And of course they always gave you less because mm-hmm. they wanted to like teach you to like, well, you're going to have to make some sales ahead of time. Or you're going to have to figure out a way to make it work. And so, right. um, so yeah, so we did that. And I it feel was like that's really a fun. program I would have really liked had I stuck with the four year college. Route. Yeah. It that was really, really cool. it was a really, really fun. It was a, cr- it was crazy. Cause we had, uh, like we had, uh, one group that, uh, lied about their, um, lied about their business Mm. basically they wanted trying to do like this tour thing for exchange students and uh it was just like doomed from the beginning because you would have to go up in front of your class every week and explain your business model right and we would give like super honest feedback like it's actually a little tough sometimes like Mm -hmm. go up there and people like shoot down your ideas but like so we're like oh you know we kept like trying to help them refine their idea and like they were offering a Finally, they ended up doing like a tour of UW, and I'm like, they do free tours at UW, like you know. <laughs> Why would you pay for that? Yeah, and so they lied and said they had like these people, like that were that went to this tour, and they made you know like eight people at fifty bucks a piece, so they made four hundred bucks or something. And most people lost money, so it wasn't really like you needed to make money to yeah. like do well in the class. And so I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And then like a couple days later, someone from their group like had guilty conscience and emailed the group, the class listserv and was like, hey, we lied. And like we, ha- it was really crazy. Like as a class, our teacher let us decide what their punishment was. Business ethics course. Basically it <laughs> became a crash course in business yeah, ethics. It yeah. was a really interesting, it was like the last day of school too. Like it was wow. like, we had to decide as a class what to do and like, so I think they still all got to graduate, but mm-hmm. they had to take like a summer ethics class. Now, or something. did you have any routes like that? Because you were in school for business. Yeah, similar kind of. I ended up actually getting a minor in business ethics, basically, oh. on the philosophy route. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just went for business management. So I did a similar type thing. And we had like a capstone project at the end of senior year. And I remember my capstone project was about, mine personally was about whether or not uh Netflix or Blockbuster would survive. Oh man! <laughs> yeah. What side did you go on? Netflix for sure. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. I funny. hope so. The future went. Um, but yeah. I so wonder what those. Uh, one. Yeah, they got to. Ha- I'm sure. Like nowadays. I mean, it was like ten years ago when I graduated. So I'm. I'm interested to like what they talk about now. Like what business? Obviously, yeah. I'm assuming Amazon's a huge case study for a lot of them. But yeah. 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 That's I don't know. It. It all moves so fast. And yeah. I was in when you're down in. I mean, Seattle's pretty progressive up here and ha- is at the forefront of a lot of stuff, but I was in the Silicon Valley, and so it was just like things were instant. And I graduated 2011, so it was like all of these big startup companies are just starting all this crazy chaos. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was good, though. So have you, I mean, I guess this is a question for both of you. Now that you're <laughs> in your current fields and you're doing all sorts of different things, do you ever think back to like a lesson or an experience that you had? Because 
I guess what I'm saying is at this point, my kids are in this like, do I go to college or not go to college phase? Mm -hmm. And and it's becoming less and less apparent that investing your money in four years into college is actually worth it. So what I'm wondering is like, have you had moments where you gleaned back and you went, oh yeah, like this was from here and this tool really helped me? Or do you think just overall it put you in the right position? Uh, no, I definitely, I mean, there's, first of all, everybody's different, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so some people, four-year schools is, is a great option. Some people it isn't. And a lot of people you don't even really know until you've already gone mm-hmm. down the path one way or the other. But, um, I mean, absolutely. I look back on things that I learned both in the classroom and as my experience being an undergrad, and I look back to those all the time. So, I mean, I was in a fraternity as well, and the fraternity I was in really, like, preached a lot of, like, uh, self care and and building yourself up cool. it was, uh, there's no hazing or anything and it's called sound mind sound body was like the whole development program um and as a national fraternity it's sigma phi epsilon and they've been like leading that charge since like the early 90s so i went to all kinds of different like leadership camps with them and stuff and so i mean just that like i learned so much just it's such a crazy growth period like you said it goes by so fast but it I mean, you just, you learn to like deal with other people mm-hmm. and like, um, I don't know, in business and just dealing with different, lots of moving parts, you know, it's like not always like no isn't always no, like it's like not black or white. You have to find a solution that works for everybody. And so in a lot of my classes and, and just, I would then apply that to like fraternity life or whatever. So those kind of combined, I think I really did learn a lot. Nice. Yeah. I love that there was a fraternity with that kind of vibe i didn't realize that that was a thing it is it's 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 becoming more of a thing there's other fraternities that have it and they just haven't instituted it on like a nationwide level that uh sigep has so Mm -hmm. sigep at this point now is like every chapter in the whole country which they're also the largest fraternity in the nation which is kind of incredible so it's not like 30 chapters it's like 300 chapters or something so they um, they've instituted and they've like slowly instituted it. So like just kind of like some of like the chapters in the South, obviously a little mm-hmm. bit more difficult to get them on board with that. But mm-hmm. yeah. as things, and they actually, I don't, I think they just last year banned alcohol actually in all fraternities in all of their chapter houses. Mm. So, um, Band isn't maybe the right word, but uh, yeah. strongly discouraged. Well, it's not they're allowed. Not, they're not allowed to throw parties. Oh, yeah, like have alcohol. Related yeah, and parties. I, yeah, and I think that they can still have some as long as they're not in the chapter house. And mm-hmm. so they find obviously, you know, the cynical ways they find ways around it. The mm-hmm. other way is like we would do. We might do something like a scotch tasting party if you're mm-hmm. like a senior or something. But you might also do a resume building uh, thing or something. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it, you can still enjoy those things if you're of age or whatever, but maybe learn about it in a more respectful way or something. I probably would have gained so much more from a fraternity. That would have been a really mine good was a, for you. Mine was a boys club. Yeah. <laughs> it was Pi Cap Alpha. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like... <laughs> we still did a lot of like fraternity-esque things, yeah. you know, like I'm not going to deny that. We still had parties and we were still college kids yeah. you know and i mean i wouldn't trade that for the world either like there's you know something to learn from that aspect too but yeah um, mine just felt more a lot of like well who do you know and how much money do you have and that's the way you're going to be successful is by knowing these other people who are in the fraternity who have money and are successful yeah it was like yeah. use your network rather than like how do you create your network and, absolutely and now we're kind of finding 
as I'm getting older, especially in this world that we're in with music, it's like you need to create your network. Like you want to create this community of people that you can all rely on and build off of, not just be like, oh, we both pay to be in this thing. All right, cool. Well, now we're hooked up for life because your dad's going to get me a job. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> there, uh, there was definitely some fraternities at UW that were more on that network mind frame. And I mean, there's definitely people that build off the network, even in my fraternity, but it definitely was much more of like an encouragement to do your own, create your own path. You're responsible for your own well-being, whether it's mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, whatever. And like, no one's going to be there to hand it to you. Like you kind of have to learn to do it yourself. So yeah. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I always thought I was like anti-fraternities, but I, I guess I see some benefits to them. Yeah, fraternities are different now than the general idea of what people think of mm -hmm. fraternities are. I think like my type of fraternity was like the last of a dying breed. Like Absolutely. we were kicked out of Santa Clara campus before I was a part of it. Um, and so it's not officially a Santa Clara fraternity. It's mm -hmm. just a fraternity of Santa Clara students that are there. So it's like, it's kind of sketch how it's just kind of like, on the outskirts but like you said at the south it's like they're very into the fraternal idea in the yeah. south and there's like lots of hazing and lots of like you're part of this crew and yeah mm -hmm. uh, i don't know how it was with yours but mine was very much like that that network of brotherhood was like forced down your throat and you had they spent so long trying to create this tight-knit brotherhood in each mm -hmm. year because like that was your key to success was these yeah. guys versus yeah ours like, didn't happen a little bit more organically just because there wasn't like a hazing pledging like series or yeah. quarter or anything so it was much more like it was kind of a little more spread out yeah. um so there wasn't nearly as much of that and uh yeah i mean those definitely still exist but i think that a lot of fraternities are realizing to maintain to stay alive in the 21st century that they have to get people don't want to be hazed anymore mm -hmm. <laughs> like people are a little more awake i think now and parents and are and stuff parents definitely are yeah that was a big thing it's yeah. like the the amount of hazing of stuff that you watch on the news now where like kids die during pledge or during uh, hell week because they're like you know drinking tons of water or like making them do ridiculous shit and then people are like whoa like this is not okay yeah. Yeah. yeah and now that the media is large enough as it is everyone hears the stories about fraternities and they're like no 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 sure mm -hmm. and I mean I can get the whole like trial by fire and you become like really close brothers because you like went through a whole bunch of shit but honestly like there's a lot of other ways <laughs> to really, <laughs> really tight knit uh, of people and you know it, it's not the only way by for any sure. means so. I, I was never like a fraternity thumper like i shouldn't have even been in one i got yeah. like dragged in by it wasn't my mo either yeah and in fact i had like turned down every like fraternity you know um pass if you will like mm -hmm. you know because i definitely went around and like checked some out like i wanted to check all my options and and that sort of thing and i was like man this should, i went to a couple like parties over the summer before my freshman year and i was like this is not for me like i love to party don't get me wrong but this is, is not for me and then um what sigep does is a lot of like as houses or chapters get shut down or kicked off campus like you talked about they actually come in and they'll revamp the whole chapter and then they'll make it you know a balanced from a pledging chapter which mm -hmm. is the old school to what's called a balance man chapter or even one further which is called a residential learning community and that one they have like a live-in teacher that's there all the time or like a oh, faculty wow. member cool. yeah it's pretty cool um and so but ours what happened was they didn't ever get totally shut down but 
they saw the writing on the wall, like they were getting tons of violations with the like the you know, UW, IFC and everything. And so they actually did like an internal membership review and they kicked everyone but like eight people out. And then they kept, or was it, it was somewhere like seven or eight. And then they had like their like pledge class, if you will, of like seven guys. So it was like 14 people. And that was in the fall. And then in the winter, like the national headquarters came in and like sent their recruiting guys basically out to rebuild the chapter from the ground up Mm -hmm. with those 14 members that wanted, like were committed to like change. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I joined. So I joined in like the winter. So I had actually spent two whole quarters of my freshman year, not even like in the fraternity year or anything. Like I actually came on later, which is pretty common with. I wish I had done that because I felt like forced into it. I felt like here's my freshman year. I'm in a totally different school. I only have a couple friends that I'm here with and my friends that I've made like in the dorm areas I was living. And then it was kind of like pushed just like, do you want friends? Do you want a party? Then come here. Yeah, exactly. And like ours was interesting because we, we didn't have big houses. So like UW has these like giant houses Mm -hmm. that are your frat houses. We didn't have a fraternity row. Like our fraternity row was just, uh, a line of six houses on like either side of this one street that were regular houses. Yeah. And so our chapter house was just this like two story house. Hmm. And then we owned a couple different houses around the area and there were like multiple other fraternities that had little houses around the area. So it was like trying to like keep control of these different houses and control would like switch between different. It was really like strange how it was set up, but we would throw just like giant ragers in these yeah. like tiny houses. <laughs> It's pretty absurd, but I definitely like felt that need of like, I'm not going to have friends if I don't do this. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I was a senior, I was like, um, people would be like, wait, you're in a fraternity? I'd be like, well, yeah, but I'm not really one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing that like SIGEP tries to combat is that like the senior apathy. So that's like kind of why they stretch their development program over four years so that it like keeps people engaged and it keeps them interested. And it's like you have something to learn and gain from the uh, from the chapter and from the fraternity all four years. Interesting. So like really that network with the outside alumni and stuff doesn't really even start being introduced to you until that senior year, even mm. when you would actually start needing it. So yeah, I kind of became it's a cool concept. I, w- I ended up being the chaplain my senior year because nice. it was just like they were like, we need somebody to like be the nice guy. And I was like, OK. So I was like the person that like the pledges would turn to if they were having like a super shitty week or something like yeah, that. Or yeah. if there was like a death in the family and like I would do like the the like the minutes and like, or like the the prayer at the beginning of like each episode or each uh, meeting and whatnot. Because it was that like they needed someone to kind of like keep that connection between mm-hmm. all the different. Yeah, so it definitely got very much like, well, I'm a fucking senior. So fuck you. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to come to chapter. Yeah. yeah, they always picked a nice guy for chaplain, but he's like the one that keeps the rules, like make sure you're obeying the rules. And so I was always like, wait, this doesn't make any sense. Like. Yeah, yeah. Fraternity life's a little weird. Now, did it you is. find the music world while you were in college, or did that come later? No, but ironically, you know, Crispin, yeah. he was in my fraternity. No okay. way. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, no, I, I, I didn't. But we did. So I was social chair um, for like probably two years, and then, um, and so I, th- we, th- I was in charge of throwing parties. So I mean, basically throwing parties is what I do with noise complaint mm-hmm. and uh, planning extravagant extravagant adventures with all my friends and something is that something I've always done and so I did that 
in my fraternity and we uh we threw a I was probably my sophomore maybe my junior year we threw a party called the European Underground Party because we had Crispin as this you know electronic music DJ and this is like you know 06 07 so <laughs> electronic music was not yeah. big in the US we had one guy in our frat other than Crispin that liked uh that liked techno music and yeah. he was always jamming out to it all crazy and stuff and um we would you know we had like we got like plastic test tubes and like fill them with like highlighter vodka or whatever it is that we did like we totally just butchered the whole idea but it was (laughs) i think they still throw the party i think it's still a i mean up until like at least two years ago i know for sure and chrisman would still dj it actually but like it was a thing like we were the first people to throw this like electronic music party dude people Um, i remember my freshman and my sophomore year like anything related to electronic music and people hated yeah people talk so much shit about they were like fuck that music and it was all about random other party music and then i went to my first rave my sophomore year and then it took people another like six months and by the time my junior came around and my senior year like all the parties were all electronic music based and yeah. everybody was like jordan play music play music yeah i'm sure now they all are but mm-hmm. you know like at the time all you could go find was like hip-hop and yeah, top 40 for like sure. that was all you know or and you fuck know you if you're gonna sublime, play anything else you know? <laughs> like that was it yeah people so, get like angry about it yeah it I was dope it. though it went great man it was a lot of fun so. yeah yeah pullman was like way behind that scene and i went and dj'd a party out in pullman in like 2011 must have been maybe 2012 and i remember like Half the kids loved it, and half the kids were coming out like, play fucking hip hop. Play Nelly. They were like super <laughs> pissed off, and then the other half were like, no, 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 this is super dope. Yeah. It's just that that progression of how things move. Yeah. It's really interesting. So oh, what Pullman. year did you like get into it where you were like down with electronic music? If you've been throwing, you know, fun stuff for your fraternity since 06 or 07, like what year did you actually think like, I like this shit? Like, yeah, I like electronic go. music for me, probably like uh like 2009 2010 maybe i remember going to one of the raves that they threw at wamu that usc threw and this is back when they used to throw it with um like the uh who was insomniac i think it was like they called beyond wonderland or something like that oh Um, yeah they had a couple beyond wonderlands that they threw yeah like eight tracks on the side stage right like you know what i mean this is like before anyone was really blowing up did with beyond was like 2013 with insomniac but who else did they do? They used to throw it with that one magazine. Um, I don't know. I don't remember. But yeah. Yeah. So I so that was like the first, and then um, and then I went to, and so I started going to a lot of shows, and I was like starting to get into it, and then like in 2012 or like January 2012 is when I went on Holy Ship. Mm. Got it. Holy shit, that's been going on since 2012. Yeah. Wow. That year was crazy. Like no that was wonder. the first one. There was only like three thousand people on the boat, if that, yeah. and um, it didn't even sell out. Yeah. And no one knew what to I expect. I had no idea it's been around that long. Yeah, we I still haven't gone for a few years, but I thought yeah. maybe like two thousand fourteen. Yeah. So it was yeah. one yeah. at one at the time. Uh-huh. There was one ship for like the first two or th- I think the first three years. There was only one boat, and then they yeah. expanded to two. And well, they went went up a boat like the second year. They went up to no, they did that boat two years. The Divina, uh, the Poesia, and then the third year they went up to a bigger boat, and then they went up to an even. Bigger so were boat. you hooked? I, that's quite yeah. The way I was like, to I'm immerse. doing it for the rest of my yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's the funny thing is like. 
like for me, EDC was that. Yeah. Like I went to EDC in LA in 2010 and I was like, this is my Mecca. Yeah. Like, this is what I'm yeah. going to go to every year. Yeah. And then I switched to Vegas and I did it for like four years in Vegas, I think. But then just, I got older and the chaos got crazier. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I went to EDC, you know, this year for the first year ever. You went this year? Yeah. Oops. And uh, and it was, I was really impressed, honestly, yeah. with the production level mm-hmm. and how everything it's is next done. next level. It's really incredible. And to have like nine or, oh yeah, that's yeah. right. You went this last year. Cause, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's the amount of stuff they have going on with like nine or 10 different stages yeah. going on all the yeah. time. Like. It's crazy. Yeah. I like, I wouldn't go back as a patron at all. It's just, I'm too old for that shit, honestly. It's <laughs> just, it's too many people, but we were up so on this art people. car and didn't have to really do anything. So it was, Perfect. it was a nice way to be, in, to, to experience it, but not in the crowd. Yeah. I was like, yeah. but, uh, it's a pretty cool production. I'm not going to lie. Like they, they have it down, but, um, that main stage yeah. is unlike anything I've ever experienced yeah. in my life. Yeah. I we haven't were, been in maybe four four or five years four years but I mean, you can just... feel the heat from that from like 100 feet away oh yeah from the flames like crazy. it's crazy giant like, flames. yeah it's insane i've so. never done edc i've never done holy ship like both of them i would like to do once just to experience them because i hear so many great things about them but i also yeah. wonder if i'm kind of aged out i don't think it would be from holy there. ship it's okay. uh i mean it's a pretty wild time, don't get me wrong, but it's like you have all these creature comforts, like your True. buffet is open 24 hours, your room is always right there. Like some of the most memorable times on Holy Ship are literally getting lost in the hallway with like <laughs> random people that you meet in the elevator yeah. and like hey, getting sucked into their room for like three hours and you're like, oh crap. Yeah, but we, this we fully dope. planned to come this year Yeah, because yeah. uh, Mark reached out to us about possibly doing some instigator oh, right. stuff with him and we're like, yeah, 100% down. Like we're in. He's like, okay. And then it just didn't end up panning out. He, he couldn't get enough instigators and they didn't want yoga, I guess. And like, there's just other Yeah, they've stuff. done yoga before. I don't know why they're not doing it this year, but it's a changing in the guard this year now, mm. that, he, now that Insomniac's yeah. fully in charge of it or Golden Voice, whatever. And yeah. so like, I think that they're kind of like, you know, there was re- a previous incident with the previous yoga teacher that things did not work out well for. Uh, yeah. yeah, we yeah. can talk more about. Yeah, that yeah, later. I think I know where you're going with Monk that. Shots. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> avocado. Avocado. The, um, that worked out well though because I would not have been able to go. Isn't it in January? Yeah. 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 So I do recommend going though. It's really, it's a really yeah. cool experience. Yeah. I mean, we'll make it happen. How can you? So neither a... of us has ever been on a cruise ship before. Okay. Yeah. And then we also have a bunch of like dietary issues. So like going on a cruise ship and knowing how limited our food could be is always kind of a struggle. Like, yeah, there's always food open, but like, is there food I can eat that's yeah. open? Yeah. Yeah. And you unfortunately, you should do a test food. cruise. Yeah. Like go down, do one out of Long Beach yeah. that goes to Ensenada. Those things are like super cheap. They're like 300 bucks for the whole weekend. If wow. That. and they're actually really fun like it's a fun little weekend getaway since you're newlyweds and stuff now yeah. you should do that sometime like if you know you're going to be in la or something that's and a like, great idea test it out see what you so think see if we're does holy people? ship go out of uh i thought it goes out of florida it, yeah yeah but i'm but just, just saying like yeah, yeah, yeah just to see if you're a cruise yeah, ship yeah, kind of sure. yeah, yeah yeah i could see the dietary restriction thing though like i think that they do a pretty good job of um of covering you on that but we went to this all-inclusive resort um when we were in mexico just a couple weeks ago and like we're like oh all food included and we show up and they're like 
we will help you with all your dietary needs. Like you give them exactly what you can't eat and they yeah. like add it to your room number. And when you check in with your room number, like something pops up and tells them and then you reiterate to the chefs. They all know what gluten free is. They all know what dairy free is. It was surprising. Is, they were really great. the food's garbage. Yeah. The, well, so it's, it's like all inclusive. Their so. options were, they were, they were really good about giving you options and highlighting them all. But then it's like the food was like C grade quality food. Yeah. yeah. I think you'd have mm. a similar experience. Yeah. Um, for some reason, the food has seemed to have gotten worse every year on Holy Ship. I will money. say, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think like is it an is it an overarching thing with the um, company that they're with, or like because it used to be on MSC, which is like a little bit higher end cruise line in Norwegian. Mm. I think is kind of all over the map depending on what you're getting, um, and so uh, it's definitely gone down. But the ship it's on now has some really great uh, buy up restaurants, which the original the original three ships which with msc didn't have that what does buy up mean like like uh so you get free food right yeah, but you gotta and pay then, for it at those and then you yeah there's like a couple that you can pay up for cool. and so like msc had like a steakhouse and that was it and like their other buy up restaurants were closed mm. but norwegian they have a teppanyaki they have like a new like an asian noodle place they had a brazilian steakhouse which is honestly the best brazilian steakhouse i've ever been to ever like i refuse to go to brazilian steakhouses because they're always a disappointment it's a really cool one in lincoln square oh really is it well is it the same one that was at south lake union i have no idea Um, my my parents like know the owner oh wow we went over there for one time and it was it was pretty i mean it's all good but i just feel like i'm like not doing it justice like Mm -hmm. i I can eat a lot (laughs) but i'm just like always like i don't know man let's go to brazil and do it that way yeah have you been to brazil i haven't south america is uh one continent i haven't really spent any time so where have you traveled because you had mentioned earlier you like planning adventures with for you and your friends um i've done a lot of europe Mm -hmm. um just kind of did you do a travel abroad for school i did do a study abroad i went with my parents also when i was like 16 we went like for like three weeks and then like i've just like gone a ton since like i've been to greece three times and like just like been really like lucky that you know all kinds of different trips. We did like Turkey and Greece for my honeymoon, which we did like a yacht life type thing um, with That's thirty friends. What I do. Whoa! Yeah. yeah, my wife's down. Like she's cool like that. Like <laughs> that we did a week by ourselves amazing. and then a week with friends. It was wow. really really sick. That sounds like the perfect yeah. honeymoon. I think that yeah. was really fun. Mark was our DJ on it. What? Like yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, he goes every year. I think he's going again this year um, with the company that does it. It's called Life Before Work Travel. Some friends of ours that we met through Holy Ship actually like run yeah. it. I'm writing this See, that's now. the other thing is I feel like you've met so many people through Holy Ship. It's crazy. Just... It's crazy. Yeah. Life It's like it's work. almost what's funny about it is I was thinking about this today. It's almost like that network thing we were talking about with yeah. the fraternity. Like someone was trying to like get something at some store in Seattle today and they're from Miami and they like were like they got linked through holy ship like I saw it happen on like as it was happening on Facebook today and I was like wow that's pretty cool actually (laughs) like I've had countless people stay with me and vice versa like people I met on holy ship were in my wedding and at my wedding wow so yeah so um so yeah, we did that yacht, the yacht life thing in um, in Greece and Turkey, and that was pretty wicked. And uh, we went to Thailand last year for New Year's. Um, that was really incredible. I thought that was crazy on New Year's. Was yeah, it? we did the full moon party actually Ooh. on New Year's, and it was pretty wild. 
So a lot of like rookies out there, like, you know, Europeans and Australians <laughs> that were just getting like as drunk as they possibly the could. The Aussies go hard. Yeah. When we went yeah. to Bali, hanging out with some of the Aussies. Yeah, that's all that's over there. <laughs> um, but it was cool. We're I doing feel Japan. like next time we want to go somewhere, we just need to hit up this guy and Dude, be like, yeah, where should we go? Tell us all the travel tips. Yeah. Thailand's nice. definitely like at the top of our list along with Greece. Greece. Yeah. Thailand Croatia. is as cheap as they say it is. Yeah. Wow. Like no bullshit about it. Like I, like we we went there and we were like balling. Like we were trying to spend money and I think we spent like a thousand bucks a person for a week. What? Like and Nothing. we were like sp- we were like staying at the nice villas and like getting drinking the whole time and eating like you can go there and you could do like 30 bucks a day and you would be totally fine. Wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. We just have to get there. It's There's just no, yeah. To get there, but. Uh, you can find flights for a decent amount if you like look, you know, if you, you just yeah. got to be able you know. to be okay with what date you go. Yeah. I think of it, uh, occasionally like $700 round trip ones pop up every nice. once in a while. That's but not like, bad. Yeah. But I think a thousand, 1200 is kind of like par for the course, but it is a long flight. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, and there's no customer service over there. That's the only thing. They don't, they don't give a shit. Yeah. Like too bad. They're like, we closed. I'm like, damn it. But my safe in my room is locked and I have a ferry in 30 minutes and I need to get my passport out. And they're like, yeah, well, we're not open right now. Sorry. And I'm like, cool. So that's an actual story that happened. Wow. So your hotel just closed on you for a second? No, they're like, no, uh, the front desk isn't 24 hours like Mm. in the US. So it's closed from like, you know, 1 a.m. to 8 a.m. or something. And so Mm. our safe was like our safe, a girl that was with us, like, you know, we traveled with like 10 or 12 people, I think it's 12 of us. And Mm. this one girl that was staying, a friend of ours that was staying in our hotel room, she uh, like hit the code on the thing too many times and like locked it out mm. and she was trying not to wake my wife on it up we were on a different um ferry back to like the mainland or whatever than her and like froze it and you can't get on these ferries or any of this stuff without your passport you mm-hmm. know and so she's like oh man we need to like so she, eventually she woke i woke up from all the beeping of course and then you know <laughs> and she's i'm like what's hey what's going on you know and so uh the yeah the um front desk is closed and they're like oh if you have an emergency call the convenience store that's next door and we called them they're like yeah there's nothing we can do and anyway so we had to like at eight when they opened or whatever i was like blowing their phone up like when we were like really far away it's not like you can just walk down there it's like this giant compound mm. so it's like an eight minute walk so i'm like not gonna walk and then have to walk back so i'm like calling them calling them <laughs> finally they answered and it was like a whole ordeal. But our friend ended up being able to get a spot on the ferry. We were. She nice. like got the last spot. Nice. So do you always yeah. travel with a crew? You said you, 10 people, 10, 12 people? Yeah. I mean, we try to mix it up. Like That's my wife fun. and I. Yeah. It is really fun to travel. Yeah. Like we're going to Japan in January and there's like 24 of us going. Jesus. Yeah. How do you get that key, many people to all know, people be People are just super do down, it. I guess. You know? I don't know. We and have like. Are these yeah. people like you know from like fraternity life or just people that you've met along the way? Uh, People just I've met along the yeah. way. Um, like Crazy. my my really core group of friends, funny enough, I met through friends of friends and we were all on holy ship together. So we mm-hmm. all knew like we're all from Seattle. We all knew like kind of the same group of people. We most of us went to UW and like 
there's just kind of like a lot of intertwining how yeah. we know each other. And then like, we've all just become like super close over the last like six years. It's weirdly so. like one of my weird regrets is not going to UW mm-hmm. because I feel like I would have had that connection network with so many more people. Yeah. Cause my entire life I went to a different school. Like yeah. I grew up uh, on the plateau, but I went to school in Bellevue. So it was like all of my friends that went to the local middle school I didn't go to school with them. All my friends that went to the local high school, I didn't go to school yeah. with them. And then in college, I moved down to California. I went to school in a different place. And so it's like, I never felt like I had that. Like, and it's so interesting because you like long for a crew. Mm-hmm. Like you love seeing or being a part of like a fat crew that all goes hiking together or all goes on a trip together or like you love that. I know. Yeah. It's so funny that you would, you would leave for college. I guess you were hoping to just create that crew there. Yeah. And also when you're that age, like you think you know what you want, but Mm -hmm. you don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you make so many choices where you're like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And then you're like, looking back, you're like, oh, okay. Well, that didn't really make sense (laughs) at the time, but whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, when you travel with a group, too, like, you just have to, like, make sure and get your, like, alone time. Or, like, my yeah. wife and I make sure and do, like, you know, uh, some excursions on our own. So, like, when there's 24 of us to go to Japan, we're only all 24 of us for, like, five out of ten days. Yeah. Right. So, like, there's going to be parts where there's four of us. There's going to be parts where there's ten of us. That's and perfect, then, yeah. though. But I it like, allows yeah. you to have this, like, group that you can go mob around with at yeah. different times and yeah. do fun stuff with and go out to dinners with. Yeah. So I think there are times where like we're traveling solo and it, it's great traveling solo together, but there's times where I'm like, I want to go do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to go have fun, but yeah. I don't have enough well, confidence that's where to we've go to done, a random bar. And, when like, we've meet done people. retreats, that's helpful when we've done yeah, trainings and retreats because then you're there with 20 people and you don't know any of them, but by a couple of days in, you all get to know each other and yeah. and there's some that you click like with. Camp. and Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Have you guys ever done any retreat type stuff? Uh, no, I don't think we have. Because you, you create your own events. Yeah. And you go and do them and you... But I've, some of them seem cool. Like, yeah. there was one, was it this summer or last summer, that was like the adult summer camp one where you don't have cell phones at it. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, Camp Raw. Camp Raw, yeah. Yeah, that's always seemed interesting to me. Yeah, so. I like that kind of idea. And that's part of why we're so drawn to Dirty Bird Camp Out, mm-hmm. which is why it's been so huge for me. Yeah. Because it's like, I feel like I have that, you know... You get to be yeah. part of a team. All homie mentality. Yeah. You're going to go like, totally. play and hang out and meet new people that you kind of wouldn't meet. Like, I always was really good at making friends with people at raves. Like, I have a huge family of my yeah. rave family over the yeah. last, you know, nine years of raving. But a lot of them you're in contact with, but you're not in, like, close contact mm-hmm. with. And that seems like holy ship allows you to create, like, close relationships. Yeah. Whereas like Dirty Bird has kind of allowed me to do that a little more because rather than being on the dance floor and trying to talk a little bit, you're like playing a game together. Mm-hmm. All right, my team's not playing right now. We're gonna sit and talk on the sidelines. Yeah, I think if I think you would, uh, I think that you would get the or the experience you get rather at Dirty Bird Camp out. I think is very similar to the experience you get at they Holy seem Ship to, in that big crossover. And they do have mm-hmm. a huge cross. I mean, a I lot know of so many, especially because there's just such a huge like contingent of Holy Shippers from Southern California mm-hmm. that they just go because it's, it's I think, easy. I think Dirty Bird started getting booked at Holy Ship pretty early on in the Holy Ship lineup. From like, uh, Justin Martin is the only uh, DJ uh, other than Mark, actually, although Mark hasn't DJed all of them, but Justin Martin is the only DJ to have DJed every single Holy Ship yeah. that I know of. There might be one other, but I don't think there is. So it's like that initial core group of people that are like huge Justin Martin yeah. fans or huge Dirty Bird fans, like 
holy ship is like almost in its own way synonymous with dirty bird like you go to 100%. dirty bird and that holy ship fam is yeah. fat and i mean honestly like holy ship is a big reason why dirty bird has mm-hmm. um has sprung. exploded yeah i mean like literally it used to be like if you went on holy ship like you pretty much guaranteed your career taking off but like really when you think about that it was all those dirty bird artists that like cut their chops like and then like some of their first big plays was holy ship and stuff like mm. i just no one was like the first year of holy ship no one went to justin martin's sets yeah. i remember when he got like i feel like i was talking to maybe it was you I was talking to someone about this recently like he got like yeah i think don't go was like the yeah. pete tong t- essential mm-hmm. tune of the year you know and, like i that was like right before holy ship and like I was like telling my friends like, oh, blah, 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 Justin Martin. They're like, who's that? Like, what kind of music? Do-? You know what I mean? And like, so people were super into like French people electro like, and stuff at the house? time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, it's like that techno and house music together. Like what? Yeah. Yeah, people were definitely into like the French electro. Yeah, yeah. So is that how you met Mark was on Holy Ship? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then just through traveling to New York, mm-hmm. like I would always try to go to New York at least once a year. And he was doing Basement Saturdays at the time. So I would always- Just um, for- pleasure or for work or? no yeah for pleasure just mm-hmm. and i mean part of it was just because i had met so many cool people like the new york ship fam community is massive and they're all so cool like some of my best friends to this day are people that are like new york ship fam like mark my buddy dave rivers like i met him on the first holy ship getting off the boat <laughs> we accidentally got put in the artist disembarkation lounge <laughs> so it was like my cabin mate and him um, and me and, and his cabin mate and we just like we were like the only normies in there and we just were like super hungover and like shooting the shit and became i'm like okay this guy's kind of cool and then all these like facebook groups kind of sprung up from there and then we saw each other like the next couple holy ships and so i would just go out to new york um to like see them and i got a really good buddy of mine groomsman at my wedding that lives out there and nice so, yeah, just from that, and I would just go to Basement Saturdays every time I was there, and, like, that whole, it was, like, click isn't a right word, but, like, that squad was Crew, always yeah. at Basement Saturdays, mm. and so um, I would just see Mark every time I went out there, and then um, he was, like, doing a tour around the country, like, uh, like a recompression tour type thing, and uh, I was trying to get people to book him in Seattle and like no one would take it like oh he's too small oh he's too bass I only book house music whatever and so then um little did they know Mark can do anything yeah and I was like (laughs) yo well okay fine don't trust me and then Fuad was like uh hey uh you should hit up Kremwork because like they you know they're always looking to like fill spots basically at this time at the time at least and so I like did it and it was like you know sold out or whatever and they were like oh okay and around that time like literally in the middle of his set Mark's like I'm moving to Seattle yes and I was like all right tight and then that's kind of how noise complaints started they're like hey do you want to throw more parties here and Mark was like yeah I'll move to okay I'm good on my word let's throw a party and that's kind of how it happened I feel like the same way uh Dirty Bird kind of owes holy ship its success I feel like uh Crumb work. Oh, it's noise complaint. It's success. I had never been to crumb work until you guys had a noise complaint there. Yeah. 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 I mean, they've definitely obviously been around a lot longer than For us, sure. like, you know, two or three years. But, uh, but you guys I, being there has really like elevated them. And now a yeah. lot of people are wanting to throw shows there yeah. all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's they're, great. they're great because Mark and I are very demanding in terms of like perfection. And we care a lot about everything. We don't just like walk in and like, 
turn on the CDJs and start playing music. Like we care about the sound and we care about the production and we care about how the door staff treat patrons and we care about the whole experience from top to bottom. So immediately when we started throwing parties there, it's not like we were looking for places to improve and it's not like they, uh, you know, weren't running a good business necessarily, but there were areas to improve and we were never, uh, shy to bring those up to them Mm, ever and so we're like hey uh you know we need more sound in here we need better sound in here we need this we need that and like and then i think it's almost like kind of changed the culture there a little bit to be like oh okay like we're like a legit club like we should you know do this or that differently and so and it brings in money to the space and then they're able to use that money to upgrade the space yeah i mean for the longest time and i'm probably still now we were definitely bringing the most people through the door and the most you know money to the bar that's how they make their money you know and so um you know they've been able to invest in their business and and you know, props to them for doing that and not just like pocketing all of it and like, exactly. really, you know, Nicole's looking great. at the long yeah. term of it. Yeah. So what was your, in your, as a duo, what was your original intention for noise complaint and how has that evolved and changed? Uh, I mean, we're living it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like we, from the very get go, our whole goal was to bring like the biggest DJs we possibly could into like the smallest spaces we could and really kind of like reclaim a lot of these DJs for the underground. Mm-hmm. Like obviously we're not like super underground, like right? Like we're not throwing a party with no cell phones and the DJ behind a screen or something <laughs> like that. And some would people would argue that that's not even that underground. Uh-huh. Like there's always gonna be like, you know, someone with a hair flip and for like, sure. oh, like if you know the name of this, if the song wasn't pressed on vinyl, like it's not underground enough. But a lot of these artists were playing, you know, club you know playing foundation playing q even though mark obviously works at q and playing big festivals and like they're just never getting a chance to connect with their fans and their original like kind of like where they busted their chops mm-hmm. originally like you know someone like you know worthy or dorley that have been djing for two decades and are like masters of their craft or whatever or you know even like felix the house cat you know like that intimacy was just really lost so like that was a big thing for us and then we wanted to just throw like a super just crazy lit hype party like Mm -hmm. we kind of wanted to get back also away from that concert mentality Mm -hmm. and back to that like it's a wild ass house party kind of vibe um so that's kind of literally originally what our goals were and like that's pretty much what we do i think i mean that's what i think when i think of noise complaint you know what i mean so um, we're but not trying to like positive vibes. I think that's the yeah. one really key thing that when we first went to what show was that that we went to the first noise? Uh, was the Croatia squad. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> we looked at each other like maybe thirty minutes in. We were like, "There's something different here." Like we just felt different, and it felt like uh, this big warm hug. Like we walked in, we felt like we somehow knew everybody and it just felt you just felt welcomed and part totally. of it and yeah. it didn't feel like this club where there it's like clicky or there's like I don't know I guess I was pretty burnt out on places like foundation where I didn't feel comfortable like yeah. if he wasn't right next to me I didn't feel comfortable walking through yeah. there by myself and the amount of times I was inappropriately touched or uh, interacted with it was just really frustrating and I was getting really burnt out on going out at all and then there i felt fantastic like it just felt like a really inclusive 
positive environment, but still like a party, like a yeah. big party. Well, there's no pretentiousness, which yeah. I think really like helps with that. You know what I mean? And and Kremwork itself tries to push that kind of like feeling of like inclusion and welcomeness and stuff. And then just because we have so many like regulars, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. at noise complaint, like you people like that's the vibe that it's always been since day one yeah you're at a party with your homies yeah so yeah it just it that's how people feel there like people feel super comfortable or whatever so yeah yeah, we're really blessed to have that um that kind of vibe as well that's definitely another have you heard our ben burdett story no but i love him so much (laughs) so we do too we were teaching at um dirty bird camp out east in Mm -hmm. florida and we were backstage and we had our podcast gear with us because we were going around and interviewing people like Andy and, and, um, Grilson. And Grilson. Oh, and Grilson. R.I.P. Yeah. Mm. And it was really cool. And we're walking around like, okay, who do we want to talk to next? And Jordan's like, that guy's wearing a noise complaint hat. And we we're like, what? Who's, who's the guy with the noise complaint hat? Like in Florida. And what was funny is they were having noise complaint issues. Yes. And so the fact that he had the balls to wear that noise complaint hat, well, it was pretty fantastic. So we went up and just started talking to him and, and realized that somehow we had never met him, even though he's from Seattle and goes to all the noise complaint stuff. And so we ended up hanging out with him and connecting and he was on our podcast. (laughs) It was great. He's great. He's a great kid. Yeah. yeah, I guess we had like him in a snippet of it. Yeah, he yeah. had a little little chat with us, but yeah, he was like slapping the stickers around all over the place. We loved yeah. it. <laughs> we you know, loved like, that. It felt because yeah. we were far from home, and it was a different type of festival experience with all the stuff going on, especially being backstage and part of the logistics and knowing yeah. kind of the drama that they were yeah. working through. Um, and being on the East Coast, it is a different vibe. Than it the was West a different Coast. vibe, and it was For their sure. first one. Maybe it was their a big only holy one. shit presence, but it was like the holy shit presence was like holding it down, mm-hmm. and everyone else who wasn't holy shit other than like the core dirty bird crew that was there felt like they were lost Mm -hmm. like felt like they didn't quite belong yeah yeah and we're probably like kind of like fuck this what's going on yeah you know not like well this kind of shit happens you got to write it out like on holy ship like they do a you know a island party every year and And if it's not sunny it's not happening if it's too windy because it's Uh, a very tumultuous time like the waves kick up Mm. and it's not safe to get six thousand people Mm. off of a tender yeah i mean they're on a tight schedule so they can't miss a window so um you know i've been lucky every year except i think one we had an island party and you learn to embrace it like partying on the boat all day is actually really fun but if you've been on like four holy ships in a row that they haven't gone the like party the island party you're probably starting to get a little angry but you learn to roll with it you know i mean it's It's not something they can control yeah they want you to have the island party yeah Yeah, of course they want you to have the island party they do the best they make the best of it you know as they can if you don't go and you know but well now that you're doing more behind the scenes logistics for throwing your own events it's probably easier for you to have that compassion and grace when you are on something where you're like okay like it's easy to bitch and moan about something but like i know what's going into this and i yeah. know how hard it is and yeah yeah but i also ca- like i uh, the flip side of that is i also like catch myself like thinking about all the logistics mm, of something yeah. like in work mode yeah, yeah. um or I even just as a dj yeah same with djing Shut exactly up. stop it brain yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's why I really loved uh, uh, Burning Man. Like it mm. just was like mm. so I it, something about not having my phone. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have service on Holy Ship, but like you could get it if you wanted to, right? And is there it, Wi-Fi? There is Wi-Fi you can pay for. And, oh, okay. Um, the first like four years I or five years I didn't at all, 
And then the last one I went on, I did connect like a couple times just to like FaceTime my wife, but like I like turned all my like mail notifications yeah. like on manual or whatever because I like didn't want to do that. So the only thing was just to chat with her a little bit because you know four days no contacts a little a little rough. Um, but like at Burning Man, you don't there's none of that. Like I could get like a green bubble out and that was it to like my wife like I'm alive. Yeah, you know like I'm still here and that was it. And I would just do it once a day and then go back to airplane mode. So you didn't go with her. She didn't go with me to Burning Man? Yeah. No, no, she didn't this year. She sent, I was the search party. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think she's interested. Okay. Because I know some people are like, fuck no, I am not sleeping out in the desert. That's my wife. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know but, a lot of people like that. I have a lot of like dude friends that are like that. Like, fuck no. Yeah. You know, the thing it I found. It doesn't have to be roughing it though. Like yeah. if you plan, like it yeah. can be pretty nice setup. But, well, and honestly. If you need to like, convince someone, they don't need to go. Yeah, true. That's true too. Yeah. <laughs> um. But the dust out there is not dirty. Yeah, it's like chalk. But it's like, you know? it, it I like almost makes you feel way cleaner. <laughs> cleaner at Burning Man than I ever do at the Gorge. At the like, Gorge, thousand or times yep. or, Like my hair yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. I don't have to put on sunscreen. Yeah. Oregon Eclipse dust like some. Oh god, Oregon Eclipse is the worst dust I've ever experienced oh, in sure. my entire yeah. life. It was yeah, because that's like dirty dust. Literally oh my god. dirty dust. We were so dirty. Yeah. Yeah. It was disgusting. Like, like you, you go to the playa and it's like you have like this dried on sunscreen. Yeah, like oh. Yeah, and you also, I mean, don't get me wrong. I took a shower every day at Burning Man because I just like that. You know what I mean? But (laughs) I I immediately got, it's more, that's more of like a refreshing thing, like Mm -hmm. a, you know, like a birthing out of my cocoon sort of situation. (laughs) A restart. Yeah. yeah, um, But like you get so dirty so quick or so dusty so quick, you're just like, fuck it. Like there's no, you have to 100% surrender or you'll just drive yourself crazy, literally. Like, that's uh, really hard yeah. for me. Yeah. So you're going to go back though, definitely. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, she's interested in going back. Like, you know, I think that I got her. Like the art and like the community and all that sort of stuff is really interesting. It was the yeah. dust and roughing it that she was like not so much a part of, but I was just kind of like. You can rent a nice yeah. thing. You can go with a cool group. and. But even can... with that, even with the RV, you're still going to get dirty. Oh, like yeah. it's sure. not that much better than but, a tent. But it's you know? worth if you've, it. If you've yeah. got a water heater, like in the RV we went in, we didn't even have a water heater. And so I would just like pour cold water over my head in the little shower. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We did like a uh, like a solar shower. Yeah. 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 Which that's the way to go. I mean, because a. RV if you have more than like three people in it you're gonna run out of water and fill your gray tank up like so quick which is what we did and I was like you know I was like please stop taking showers in here people and they're like no we're good and I'm like and it's impossible to find the people to pump out there. Yeah. yeah. Like you have to like, Schedule you have to take a half a day to find <laughs> And a half a day at Burning Man is, is a lot of time that you could real, be doing some crazy yeah, shit. Yeah, or sleeping, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a, that was a really cool experience. I would, I yeah, definitely planning on going back next yeah. year. So much yeah. inspiration. I had a ticket for yeah. last year. It just didn't work out. Yeah, I mean, when it, when it's right, it's right. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's When you're getting married like two weeks yeah. before, it's yeah. Like yeah. too stressful. No, 100%. I could see that for sure. I so. think last we talked, we were going to try to get a ticket for this upcoming year. I don't know if we're going to anymore. See, the ticket thing is so on. easy, though. Like, you don't need to find, like, people are like, oh, I need to get a ticket. And I'm like, dude, you can get a ticket the week of if you want. You know what I'm saying? So Kind of. For some for, people, they're not planners like that. And the other yeah. issue is, like, you know a lot of people. Yeah. So for the average person who doesn't know a lot of people and they don't have a camp, they don't have like a ton of friends True. that they know in it. Like it's True. pretty, yeah. pretty difficult to get a ticket. Um, I think at this point, like I could, like I could have found her a ticket, but it was just like we were in this point where it was like we either are fuck yes, 
or we're like, no, yeah. it's not going to happen. And, and some people are like that, right? Mm-hmm. If they get the ticket, they're going. Some people just commit otherwise or mm-hmm. whatever. And, you know, like you said, some people are planners and some aren't. So I would like planner. to go for 2019. We just have to see yeah. if I'm pregnant. I don't, yeah. that might be a question. Yeah, that's kind of like the question yeah. mark for my wife and I too. Yeah. So like, you know, there's like a window of opportunity there for me to be able to go depending on how pregnant she is or isn't if she's yeah. pregnant. So it's like, if she's a certain amount pregnant, I'm not going to be able to go. Right. right. Or if she, you know, has a kid before then or something like then, or we have a child before then. So there's like this window of opportunity. Are you guys actively yeah. trying? Are you in the make a baby mode? We are in make a, make a baby mode. Yeah. That's exciting. I've been, I've been convinced. Nice. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean. Uh, I think you'll absolutely you'll love it. Oh, no, I totally dad. will. I yeah. just, I'm, I'm a little younger than her, two years younger than her. You, okay. I mean, you guys are an age yeah. gap as well. So mm-hmm. like the biological clock thing is. Yeah. Um, so so how old is she? How She's old? 35. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. It's go time. Yeah. 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 So, but it's also like, it's kind of fucked up because like they call like once you get 35, they call it <laughs> geriatric pregnancy. Yeah. And that's just the terminology. Yeah. It's not. It just gets in your head though. It, it does. does. Get in your head. It does. You know? And so like we, you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time navigating, you know, those feelings and those waters. It's not and, easy. Cause yeah. I'm going to be 42 in yeah. January and that's, we're heading into the, like, it's not a smart idea anymore territory. Like, because there's just more and more things that could go wrong and yeah. and that sucks cuz i want to i want to be mean, able to do whatever yeah. but you can, i mean there the the thing is is like with medical technology now like there's actually a lot you can do mm-hmm. to prevent that whether it's like testing further on in the pregnancy she, or like she called you know. someone up on the phone and was like hi i'm 41 years old and i'm worried about this whole geriatric pregnancy thing and they basically laughed at her on the phone they're like you're 41 like you're fine they're like yeah. so it's back like, when you're 50 and i yeah. was like okay yeah. well everything else that you read online is like not it's not really recommended or it's much the, the, harder or whatever. There's so. more complications that mm-hmm. can arise yeah. and you yeah. take that chance. Yeah. So, I mean, it just kind of comes down to, are it's, you not willing to... It's just lit a fire under us. Like, because we just got married, we've been together for like four years, four years maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, we probably wouldn't... Forever, basically. Yeah. <laughs> forever. Like, four really years sure. or forever. Yeah. We probably wouldn't start trying right now, but yeah. because yeah. of my age, we feel like it's smart yeah. to Timing try. Timing-wise, it's not the now. best time. And everyone's different. Like, you know, like some people at 40 plus are like super fertile and all their eggs are completely normal and like have chromosomal normality. Yeah, probably. We don't know that, but I have already had two. So that does kind of help my case a little bit because my body's been in baby making mode before. It's more that um, we're not really financially in a place that we feel super stoked about having a baby like we'd like to have a little more stable career and income Mm -hmm. and health insurance and all that we're definitely going in that direction um but i think part of it's going to be the baby will get here and then all that stuff will fall into place so yeah i mean it's a little bit of you know it's a little bit of like just trusting the process you Mm -hmm. know which is important but also you're bringing a human being into the Mm -hmm. world and it's like that's not a game you know what i mean yeah you want to be responsible yeah planner yeah 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 it's like a lifelong commitment you know and it's like so like when my wife and i went to thailand and they have zika there and granted it's like very Mm. low fair like there's like one case a year you know but it's it is there and Mm -hmm. so like we were like okay well we're not gonna have um you know we're not gonna try to try to have kids in this six month window or whatever. And like, she was kind of, you know, not happy with having to wait an additional six months. And I'm just like, I mean, I get it, but also six months versus a lifetime commitment. Dealing with that. uh Yeah. 
like it's okay we can you know six months is maybe not ideal for your original timeline but it's at the long run it's gonna be we're not when your kid's 18 and graduating high school you're not gonna be like oh i wish like they were born six months earlier like i'd originally (laughs) planned like you're not gonna think about that so it's kind of like me with burning man it's like if we end up having a kid or she ends up getting pregnant and in that window like that means that this year i can't go to burning man like yeah, that's a bummer, but I'm not going to like when my kids graduate high school and be like, I didn't get to go to Burning Man in 2019 because of you. <laughs> yeah. So I want to be that dad that's taking my kids to Burning Man. Like that, yeah. I was so inspired by that scene. Kids out there just like thriving. That's like, what we've yeah. talked about too. It's like, yeah, maybe you got to take five years off from Burning Man. Hopefully Burning Man's not going anywhere. And yeah. so it's like, Either the kid's four years old and he can stay with its grandparents or you take the kid with Bring you. Bring him yeah. with, yeah. yeah. Go stay yeah. in Kid Village. Exactly, yeah. 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 So I actually wouldn't be opposed to going pregnant either because I do lots of festivals sober anyway. It's more so like because it's a geriatric pregnancy, it's whether or not my doctor's going to be okay with me being off the grid Yeah, you'd pregnant. have to be in the first two trimesters. Basically like flying kind yeah, of thing, I would yeah. think. You know what yeah. I mean? Like and under 30 weeks in a car for... Uh, 18 hours to get to down fly. to Reno. Yeah. yeah. But you even can, flying, like you're yeah, not really supposed true. to fly later yeah, in the pregnancy. True. So, yeah, it'd have to yeah. be early on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you just got to make sure you're near medical, mm-hmm. you know, help. Kind Although, of that'd be pretty like fucking Rodha, crazy to give everywhere. birth at Burning Man. Can you imagine? So, Do you think anybody's done that? <laughs> um, yes. I am 100% positive that someone oh has. God. And that was actually the running joke with my wife and I forever that that's what I was like. That's what I was, I was trying for. to get her pregnant, like at the beginning of the year, like around this time, <laughs> yeah. so that she would give birth at, at Burning, Burning Man. Man. And have a burning baby. Yeah, really we were cool. going to name it uh, Dust Dreamer. So that's what <laughs> well, I was Well, we going didn't for. get to get married uh, at Burning Man, so maybe we'll just have there a baby you go. at Burning Man. Yeah. yeah, my wife wasn't down with that plan, so. Oh, I'd totally yeah, be down. The hippie Dude. in me loves that idea. The hippie birth on the playa. Imagine being yeah. there. Yeah, in a, cool. I think like, in practice, it's like yeah. 95 degrees. You're oh, out there yeah. in a bathtub. It's a dust storm. There's dust everywhere yeah. in your eyes. Like no it's one can so see. Crazy. The baby comes out. And it's just like. Aah. I mean, as cool as it sounds, <laughs> like so again, crazy. you're dealing with like a human life. Right? Yeah, it's, so it's yeah. like. True. Ain't nothing to fuck with. There, there's no hospital anywhere inside. There's like awesome medics, and I mean, there's probably sure. like a million doulas and birth. But what's like, yeah. yeah. wrong with the baby? Like you can't yeah, get to a hospital. Problem, yeah. yeah, if there's like an actual problem, yeah. like because that some of that stuff you don't know until you're yeah. like giving yeah, birth. Exactly. Like, She's just had two kids, both in a hospital, and so that if when we if and when we do have a kid, she's like, I want to do it all home at birth. home in a pool. Yeah. Like we're gonna do it all. She says right that here. now, and like an hour in, she's gonna be like, okay. <laughs> order up that epidural <laughs> changed my nah, mind can i just smoke weed while i'm i don't know can For you smoke sure. weed while you're giving I birth i don't, I don't think know. you can because no. you can't because you can't smoke weed when you're still uh um, nursing i know that true yeah because I, I have a friend of mine that like she's still nursing and so she can drink because like she can just like pump Time and it. dump yeah. yeah and then uh and then like you know like whatever six hours later or whatever then she's true. like good to go again but weed she can't so Bummer. And it's the same thing when you're trying, like, uh, for a woman, like, you can't, like, we're trying so she can't smoke weed right now. Can't do anything. Yeah. You're also not supposed to, like, as a guy, like, they say that they think. What um, we found is, from the research we've done, is that, like, the guy's the guy. sperm is more important to be healthy than the females. 100%, yeah. 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 And so, like, yep. we, that was part of kind of why we did a three-month sober thing, just to, like, see if we could do it. Yeah. And we did it. And it was totally fine. Yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of our idea. It's like, yep. when we do decide to go for it, because she's very adamant. We probably won't start trying until spring, but... But when that hits, I would like it to be 
a support system yeah together. she's very adamant yeah. that we do it as a team yeah and so it's I like feel you. instead of just being like her having to be fully sober like i got to do it with her so that now we can what about when you get through. pregnant you want him to be sober too yeah. those nine months yep. probably and i say that because uh <laughs> yeah i know that seems like and that could change in the moment but i've just had really bad experiences with uh my baby daddy yeah yeah <laughs> um being fucked that. up for my entire pregnancy yeah. during labor and then through raising yeah. both my children. So you got so some like PTSD kind of There's just part of me there, that yeah. feels like kind of like what you said that it's just such a short amount of time. It is. That I feel like it's not that big of a sacrifice. Yeah. Am like, I going to look back on it and be like, God, those nine months yeah. I could have been getting fucked up. Yeah. And I could have like missed the, all those experiences of her being pregnant. Or like, like it's really not that long. That and I feel like if no, I'm making sure. that big of a sacrifice, like my body basically and a lot of my livelihood is getting ravaged by this child within me, like I feel like the least you can do is kind of like support that. Yeah, and, I feel yeah, you. I don't yeah, know. It's cool. not for everybody and who no. knows, we might we might be pregnant and then get to like somebody's wedding and I'll be like, Yeah, dude, go yeah, for or it. Or if yeah, it's like, yeah, if it's like or Christmas or something. Yeah, like, yeah. like I might have a glass I of might wine. have a change of change of thought but i mean like right now yeah. i like the idea of a shared intention and effort i like it too and i mean when it comes to marriage like mm -hmm. everything is subject to change right yeah, like you exactly. make so many agreements like you set that standard early on and then you kind of are held to an expectation and then yeah. later you can have a conversation and be like all right well this is happening and like mm -hmm. i think i want to step outside of that just for a second yeah but knowing that like if you do one you're going to get called on real hard on any of the future ones yeah. if you've set that intention yeah. versus not setting that intention. Then you're like, you just go drink every weekend or whatever. No, yeah. Sure. And I think of it as support for me because I know, I mean, it was probably harder when I was what, 22 and 26, I guess I would have been like definitely harder then than it maybe will be Can now. Imagine that. Yeah, I was so Yeah, my young. mom was 22 and she <laughs> yeah, had me too. I was so and young. like I'm blown like I But like if we're out at an event how I was when I was 22. <laughs> if we're at an event and I want to drink, or I want to smoke a bowl and I can't and then he gets to like that's fucking hard. Like that That makes really it harder. Hard. I can see that. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like just like having that solidarity of like you're fine babe, you don't need this. See, yeah. I don't need this. We're having fun. We're good. And then I think that will help me cuz I'm sure there'll be I remember being plenty of times where I was like God, this see, is I think really the hardest part for my wife is going to be the food, mm. like sushi. Like we're going to Japan, like we're trying right now, like what if we get pregnant? And then what if we have to keep it from people while we're there? Like that's like stressful because yeah. all the sushi, she loves sushi. <sighs> And then she loves all of the cheeses you're not supposed oh, to eat. No. Like, oh, like, you know. And does like, she drink like, coffee too? She does. Oh, God. But you you, coffee's not everything. that bad. No, mm. you can do like 200 milligrams a day, which is like two That's cups. so much. Wow. I know. I'm surprised I by that. I was surprised by that too. Yeah. I think is the thing is a lot of people drink like four or five, six cups a day. Wow. Yeah. Like she drinks like half of a double shot a day. Yeah. Like that's so it in fine. the morning. Yeah. Um, but there's like, you know, lunch meats and mm -hmm. like all this like stuff. And then like when you're traveling, like how do you like explain to someone like, oh, is this pasteurized or whatever right. or not? And when you're like, in other I don't countries, understand. Yeah. yeah, when you go to other, because we, I mean, and that's like been the big thing for me is that I don't want to 
upend my life until I have to, right? Yeah. So I don't like we planned this trip to Japan and we she was like a little like, well, what if we're pregnant? What if this? And I'm like, listen, like let's still plan it. If you're pregnant and for some reason you don't want to go, like we'll get trip insurance, but like let's do it because what if we aren't? And yeah. then that is when you start to have regret, like yeah. oh I could have done this and I'm not pregnant, or right. I could have done this I'm pregnant and I totally feel I don't have morning sickness. Or well, whatever. I'm sure getting pregnant has got to be a a big topic in her mind like my sister's 33 and has been unable to get pregnant and has been trying for years and years and years and so it's a struggle and so i'm sure since she's never had a kid before she's also nervous about this whole new world of something that's like well what if i do get pregnant what if i don't totally yeah and it's i mean there's a lot of unknown and it is really stressful you know we have uh weirdly several friends that have done ivf um my best friend from growing up is a reproductive endocrinologist so she is an ivf doctor she's actually moving out here in um next uh next fall to work at northwest fertility and then we've had several friends of ours um that have used it and done ivf for various reasons one has cystic fibrosis and she actually had a double lung transplant so not only does she not want to pass it on to her kids but she also can't uh she also doesn't uh her body they don't you know they don't think it's safe to her for Mm -hmm. her to carry and then like uh, you know, my wife's Jewish and actually my heritage is as well. So like you have to check for certain, um, genetic disorders. Mm. There's like 37 when you're, uh, when you're Ashkenazi Jewish that you test for. And so like someone else in her family, like they had to do that. Cause like both the mom and the dad were carriers for this like disease that like mm. kids don't live past like eight years old or whatever. So like wow. they literally had to, because their kid had a 50% chance of getting this disease, this wow. genetic disorder. Crazy. So, um, so like my wife and I, like we got tested for all of that stuff and we don't, we weren't a match for anything. How so cool she, is that nowadays? Yeah. You can it's take insane. these tests. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like it tests like for like 500 diseases, like genetic disorders or something. Have you done any of like the 23andMe yeah. or Ancestry.com? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We both have. And so like, this is like kind of crazy story. So my wife and I both did it. And then like we had our Which parents. one? Uh, we did 23 and me. Okay. So, um, and we had both of our parents do it. Um, both of our moms, um, do it. And my dad did it actually too. Um, because if you do the mom side, I guess like they can tell more, like with more certainty where you're from or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so my wife, um, actually her parents, uh, were unable to get pregnant when she was, um, when, when they were trying to, you know, back in the eighties. And so her mom used a sperm donor. And so my wife, Marissa, like always was uh, like she like was kind of hopeful like that through 23andMe she would find like her real dad Mm -hmm. and her 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 father that she grew up with. You know, um, she didn't find out till she was in her like mid 20s. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he actually passed away like uh, a couple years ago um, due to ALS and frontal frontal Mm. temporal dementia. And like, yeah, it was really terrible, but like not. You know, the one blessing is that, like, she doesn't have any of his genetic genetic wow. disorders that he has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, so she's like, oh, I hope I, like, fine. And I'm kind of, like, honestly, I was like, yeah, like, that's going to happen. You know, like, that's what I kind of thought in my head. And, like, so about a year and a half ago, so, yeah, July 2017, she gets this message from 23 and uh, from someone on 20. Oh, it says like you have a genetic match, but like I get those all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, if it's like a 1% match. Yeah, yeah. Like they should make a threshold. Like I don't want to <laughs> see anything third or like, I don't care, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I have like 86 sixth cousins that live in, you know, Seneca, <laughs> New York or something, you know, like, 
I don't know these people like at like at all, you know. But so she gets it, and it's a twenty five percent genetic wow. match, which is either a grandparent or a half sibling. Um, so she, so the gal's like, hey, what like kind of what's going on here? Because um, this girl that is now my wife's sister or was always her sister, but mm-hmm. like she discovered. She didn't know that her parents had used some sort of fertility uh, treatment. And so surprise. she like, and her dad passed away when she was like 12. Mm. So like her mom is like still kind of like, you know, I don't, we don't know what happened because they're still kind of figuring it out. Like, obviously I think that like, you know, maybe they also used a sperm donor and it was the same one. Uh-huh. Um, but her mom hasn't like quite probably to like protect her father's legacy, which I totally respect. But like, and I don't know either. Like mm-hmm. it could be another explanation that's what i think so they've met and like i was really nervous i'm like oh man what if these people suck and they're (laughs) actually really really cool they came up here for a weekend in uh earlier this summer and they're like super super dope they have a kid she's pregnant with another one and so i was like my wife's like really really embraced it like she's like this is my sister like this is my niece this is your niece so cool yeah 323 and me that's Super very crazy. cool. Yeah. I like that. Mm. I, I already yeah. know already, but she got me 23 and me for Christmas. For Christmas. Because uh, I, got, I, got, it for, I got it for her last year. Yeah. And so she did hers and like found out some, basically that she's essentially 100% Italian, which we already knew. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then she got one for me that was 23 and me, but that it was also the health profile. Yeah. Because yeah. I have ulcerative colitis. And so yeah. like I have all these health things. And so we're really intrigued by like how to... I don't know, learn more about my specific health profile and what I should and shouldn't eat and like how to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. So I'm really intrigued to try that. Yeah, it's cool that it when it tells you all these like genetic predispositions that you Mm -hmm. have, it's like, oh, your pee is more likely to smell when you eat asparagus. And I'm like, damn, I have one bite. And like the next time I go, it's like... stanky you know is that like, with the health one or the that was hilarious one? i think i honestly i think i don't know i thought i did both okay i can't yeah. remember it gave me a whole bunch of genetic like stuff like that cool. like, yeah mine doesn't pee when I, I don't my pee doesn't smell when i have asparagus so it'll it'll tell you that it'll say you're less likely Crazy. this gene doesn't yeah. show up in your profile or whatever. do you have a notch in the back of your head do you have like a notch right here like a bump in the center like if you like, like, where like right where your scalping. spine hits your uh skull like, so, do you have to, like, press to feel it? No, no. no. Like, I've got Jordan's. a really big bump. No. Go oh, over geez. there so you can All feel right. your bump. All right, hold on. It's my bump, like, feel that. Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah, that's a nice bump. Yeah, I don't so, have that. So neither do I. So he, when he, when I told him I didn't, and when we were, like, checking everyone around <laughs> us, and he was like, what do you mean you guys don't have that? Like, it really freaked him out. But apparently it's, like, a marker for um, more Neanderthal. Um, got it connection so that means you're like closer to that yeah me and my buddy yeah. were like who's gonna be more neanderthal yeah i mean he's like six five and literally is a caveman <laughs> so i was pretty sure he was gonna beat me and he did but yeah, yeah um, that's funny i'm i'm reading a book uh i want to stay on this topic but i uh i'm reading a book called what is it the history of oh homo sapiens yeah homo oh. sapiens yeah and it's uh, by this guy named Yuval Noah Harari or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but he starts out the book talking about specifically where humans come from. And you can like, you got a water bottle there with a the map on it. And it like shows everything starting in like um, uh, Africa yeah. and where they kind of like moved up in different areas. And people that like traveled outside of Africa then like knew 
species, I guess you could say, like grew up in different areas. And so yeah. it was really interesting talking about Neanderthals and knowing that like, it sounds weird for us, but like Neanderthals were arguably smarter creatures. Like we think of Neanderthals as like big caveman apes. That's just the, the theory that's been thrown around. But I guess Neanderthals were actually like smarter, more civilized individuals earlier on in our creation. Interesting. And somehow they don't know exactly how, but Neanderthals were wiped out, whether that was war or like famine in different areas, they don't really know. But to think about the fact that there were two different human species that looked somewhere between how we look now and apes, but way closer to how we look now. Yeah. And that th- people could possibly interbreed. There wasn't like perfect match. Like, if But that it, it didn't happen that much, right? But, Obviously, because yeah, there's did, only like, you know, 3% Neanderthals like off the charts. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, so it's it's it was really interesting reading the beginning of that book. 0.3% I think is off I the charts. I don't yeah. remember exactly really numbers, but that I'm really intrigued to, to try <laughs> this and figure out like what my numbers are because it's like... To me, like, before reading this book, I thought exactly the same as you thought of, like, oh, yeah, it's just, like, cavemen. And, like, my brother-in-law is this, like, bigger, stocky dude. And he's from, like, the Netherlands, I think, type area um, and, like, Swiss type area. And so he's this bigger, bearded man. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, you definitely have, like, Neanderthal in you, just like you said. And then I read this book and I was like, oh, that's, like, totally a misnomer. Yeah. People Mm -hmm. just believe that. But it's not really. So, like, now I'm really intrigued to, like, learn more about how much is in me and how that could potentially change the way my Mm -hmm. body type developed or where I come from. I got it for my kids, too, because I'm really excited to see theirs and then to link ours together. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm curious to see how much they got of the Italian heritage versus their dad's side. Yeah. Because, like, looking at them, my son definitely, like, looks a lot like me and he looks like he got all the Italian genes where Bailey's got some of it but she also looks a lot like his, her dad's mom um, so I'm curious to see like the way that all lays out I don't know it's pretty fascinating yeah and I mean I think it's cool with like 23 and me how you can uh, you can change the level of confidence so you can like you can make them you can make it more speculative and like they'll be like oh we think your family like originated from here or whatever right. like it's less confident oh. but it's kind of cool to like is that on the app or is that on the website? I don't know about the app okay. I'm just, I, I haven't have played enough just on the website, website. yeah the I website's really cool because okay. it's got it goes so in depth oh yeah you've only shown yeah, me on yeah I've app. really only ever done the app so I'll have yeah. to pull it up on there and does it show you like who you like uh, like famous people that have like the same no. halbo type as you and no. stuff yeah so like Marie Antoinette or whatever <laughs> it's like the same like H1B P1 or whatever halbo cool. type as me or H1N1 whatever. yeah is that who yeah. you're gonna be for the next noise complaint Halloween maybe maybe <laughs> I could be Marie Antoinette you yeah should. I would be like that should happen yeah, spoiler spoiler it's alert like avocado yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah, Yeah, no, that would be cool. I want to ask you about the noise complaint um, self-care Sunday that we did. Yeah. How how did you feel about that? I think we loved it. We had a blast. I was so happy to be a part of it. I was so proud of you guys Mm -hmm. for seeing that that was something that should happen and to like the way you pulled it all off for the first time I first one I thought it was fantastic yeah uh thank you guys for being a part of it It that was incredible um we've been trying to do it for a while as you both know (laughs) and uh it's just like one of the things that it was you know it's easy to fall to the wayside a little bit because it's not like our main gig and uh it's honestly kind of hard finding a venue because it's just it's just different you know mm-hmm. um so no we were like super thrilled with it like we want to do we're trying to do maybe like three or four a year 
And I thought it was really, really incredible, and especially for the first one. And uh, we want to just go bigger with it. Like, mm-hmm. I think it'd be cool to, like, have different types of self-care stuff there. So, like, maybe one time you get, like, uh, some people to do, like, some, like, mobile mani-pedis. And, like, you know, still have oh, a dance party and the yoga. Idea. Yeah. yeah, right? Like, if you had, like, five stations there, like, yeah. you would totally uh, crank those out. And so, like, just doing cool stuff like that. And or just... sound bath. Have you ever been to a sound bath? Yes. Yeah. Singing you just have yes. to have, like, a specific different room. I guess you could still do it with loud yeah. music playing. You could, matter. you could do the sound bath at the beginning. Yeah. Like, you could you do, do it in lieu of yoga mm, one yeah. time. I see. Okay. Um, and I actually did that oh. at, uh, I did the sound bath and cacao ceremony yeah. at cool. Cascadia. Um these people, Jared and Natalie, they're actually in my Burning Man camp, um, and they're just two like really incredible people. And they, they actually have one coming up. I'll send you an invite on yeah. Facebook. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna do. go to it. Um, Would love that. And yeah, and it's um, they did it, and it was super intense. Like the sound bath part was like very like you know guided meditation style, and like the, you just get so entranced by the sounds. It's mm-hmm. really, and you know you're laying down with your eyes closed or whatever. And then, like, the cacao ceremony was nuts. Like, like the amount of, like, raw emotion that you had to, like, you had to, like, team up with someone you didn't know and, like, put your hand on their heart and say, like, you matter, like, mm. stuff like that. And, like, both of the ladies that I was teamed up with lost it. Yeah. Bawling. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is really, really real right now. Um but I'm really glad I did it. So something like that would be cool really at cool. Self Care Sunday. And I think like one of the th- we're still feeling out really how we like what our mission of mm-hmm. Self Care Sunday is. It's just something we knew we wanted to do, and that could be a really cool event. But I think like as I think about it, what's important is it makes you kind of like pause and think about yourself. Mm-hmm. And like so, even if you just go to the dancing portion of it you're it's still self-care Sunday right so like you maybe even it might take multiple times of doing it or multiple similar events but like eventually maybe someone that doesn't take the best care about themselves will think like okay well I went to self-care Sunday what does that mean yeah like am I am I taking care of myself what can I do to take better care of myself Mm -hmm. stuff like that and so um you know I think that it's important for people to do that um and think about what they can do to, you know, help themselves be, be better and feel better. Like I'm a very like self-reflective person, or at least I think I am. And I'm constantly like checking in with myself and how I feel and both physically and mentally and, and stuff. And I just think a lot of people don't do that. So it's just, if anything, subliminal, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, this is self-care Sunday. Like, did I take care of myself today? Maybe I'll have two less drinks on Saturday night. Yeah. So I go out on Sunday. It doesn't have to be the whole focus of Sunday being like, you're going to totally take care of yourself and you're going to do all these things for yourself. But again, just that like quarterly reminder of like, oh, we have an event that's like, how do you take care of yourself? Totally. And then that just puts it in people's mind. And I think we have a lot of ideas. We don't necessarily have to talk about on air. Uh, we do see. too. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So I, and like we wrestled for a really long time about like having alcohol at it because mm-hmm. like we kind of like the venues that we were able to get into, like they make money selling alcohol. So it's mm-hmm. like kind of like one or the other. And, you know, we, and it's not necessarily a complete black or white line, but we were kind of like, you know what? Like, A, we need a venue. And B, like, 
you know what having a drink if you're doing it responsibly is self-care for some people yeah. like maybe if that if that keeps you from getting the sunday scaries a little bit longer and you can like go about your day and mm-hmm. not just like sit on the couch and do mm-hmm. nothing you know i can i can buy into that like well and you know. i th- i don't think it needs to be completely taboo or cut out of it because then that's like kind of exacerbating this all or nothing mentality Mm -hmm. versus just saying like yeah there's going to be alcohol there if you choose to partake but the message or the theme of today is self-care so maybe that day they choose to drink more responsibly than they normally do because of the message of self-care versus if it's like there's no alcohol here we only have kombucha then I feel like it's it kind of creates this extremes also. I, do I don't too. think I'm not totally against the idea no. of not having alcohol, but yeah. I also think that it should be something that people are able to be around and not be in excess. Yeah, totally. And yeah. I mean, I you know, if you want to throw something that doesn't have alcohol at it, by all means, like For sure. that's totally cool and I love that concept as well, but you know, at the end of the day, noise complaint is still a party and mm-hmm. like we're like we're just trying we want to still create like these experiences within like what noise complaint still is like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so um for a lot of reasons we just still had it there and you know there might be a self-care sunday that comes up where we don't like if we do one in a park like or something right like we don't have the ability to have alcohol but Mm -hmm. we're not gonna like you know at first we were like we can't have it like blah 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 and then we kind of like well we kind of don't have a choice and really it's not especially in november yeah. When yeah. it's cold outside and yeah. you're like, we need a yeah. space that has yeah. speakers, exactly. that has the ability. Yeah. yeah. So I would love, you know, I would love to do, and I really liked that it was around um, the, uh, like, kind of like the changing of the seasons yeah. and stuff. So, like, I would love to, like, maybe, like, line it up around that time or something, but we'll see. So it's mm-hmm. it's just starting, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. It was really incredible, though. You guys did a great job. I was, was Antonella, I was telling you I love your yoga teaching style. It's Thank very, you. you know, yeah, it's really cool to, like, just have that connection and just not feel like you're just, like, you know, doing, you know, whatever the 50 movements of Hatha or whatever <laughs> are. It's more, it's just more, like, tells people to connect with how they're feeling mm-hmm. and their bodies and their minds and, and I thought it's that was really cool. It's a vehicle for transformation. Yeah. It's, yeah. There's poses that you might recognize and there's ones that you might love or you might hate but like ultimately it's not about the shapes that you're making with your body. It's about the connection that's happening as you utilize that tool and it's really fun for me and for both of us to to apply it in different ways and you know I I might teach that way at self-care Sunday and then maybe at daybreakers it's a different vibe or Mm -hmm. when we're at dirty bird camp out it's a lot more like kind of dirty and and also like really like can like we're kind of connecting everybody which i think would be fun to do for one of these two yeah where it's a little bit more interactive Mm -hmm. you're not just on your own mat you have to like kind of teamwork with some other people and try out some different things and then sometimes it's like yin and your eyes are closed the whole time and people are like in cozy stuff with a blanket and he's playing music that just like takes you down this rabbit hole of meditation and I love that for us we get to we get to do whatever like it really like set and setting is so key and yeah. and when we start to get into collaborating with different people like you guys it's it's super exciting for us to go okay well what's the intention behind the event what kind of people are we wanting to bring what kind of experience do we want to have and then build out 
what he plays and what I teach from there rather than being like plug and play yoga. Like there's, there's literally a company called just add yoga where yeah. you can add yoga to any of your events, but it's literally that generic where it's like there's yeah. a teacher and they teach the yoga class and they're and just literally it. adding yeah. it to whatever your event is. Yeah. And which is better than nothing. It's for sure. It's a, it's a gateway. It's the yeah. gateway drug. Gateway it's the drug. doorway into it. But like what we're really trying to do in the last year or two is like make it a really unique experience. And so when we apply to festivals and when we apply to different events, it's a little tricky because they usually want like your, you know, your EPK with your different offerings. And I'm like, well, here's some example offerings, but flip the script like what are you making what are you creating and then yeah. we'll make something that's special just for you that yeah. we're not doing anywhere else yeah i mean i went to two yoga classes that you taught in a week right mm-hmm. and they were both definitely way different yeah you know what i mean there was obviously similar threads and stuff there but even you know I, the vibe of the music that jordan right. played was different and totally so like different. that was really cool and i that's like one of my favorite things about throwing events is that they all take on their own their own vibe and mm-hmm. their own feel and a lot of it you don't really even have control over it just kind of like happens naturally and yeah yeah you could book know. an artist for songs that you think they're gonna play and then they play something totally different yeah or just how the crowd reacts yeah. to it or the vibe of the people that are there or or whatever just might naturally happen i loved having you in class i think you have a great yoga energy and i love that you are interested in things like sound baths and taking a yoga class and aj got a sweet picture of you too he did yeah yeah. i shared it on there yeah that (laughs) That was was awesome yeah that was funny you look very spiritual yeah i was trying to get my (laughs) zen on so what do you have coming up that you're excited about for your world whether work or relationship or travel or your gigs that you have coming up what are you what are you stoked about everything <laughs> i like have a crazy life so yeah i have a lot of like really really awesome dj gigs coming up that i'm super super excited about i got a crazy um december um which uh i kind of like put it out into the universe like myself that I wanted like my end of the year to be crazy DJ wise because I wanted to go into holy ship feeling like really confident yeah. and really polished and like I don't ever like plan sets like or anything so uh, I mean I plan like the kind of like a little bit of music that I want to play but um throw together some I, folders <laughs> yeah like you know maybe 80 songs and separated up by two or three different kind of like vibes mm-hmm. I want to go but I, I usually let myself and the dance floor kind of direct it. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to plan my set. So I need to like really feel confident going in. And so it just ended up happening, working out the way that I had hoped. And so I'm super, super excited about that. Um, just like so much Seattle's just so crazy. Like it Dude. gets busier in the winter. Like, yeah. you know, like what rain, right? Like, I know. It's, um, so I'm super excited about that. And like, uh, obviously got Christmas coming up, so spending some time with family and my nephew is turning six right around Christmas, so I'm going to go see him. So actually play No Signal, get up the next morning, fly to Tri-Cities, go to his birthday, and then I fly back that night and uh, we're doing Noise Complaint Takeover at... Um, Uniting Souls at Monkey Loft for wow. Lee Burridge. So I'm like, yeah, it's going to be pretty wild. <laughs> and then I'm playing Shine like two days later. So um, yeah, I got to gotta figure out how I'm gonna survive that so I'm really excited I like thrive in the craziness yeah though. yeah um, how'd you get in sorry quick tangent how'd you get into DJing if you like were in the in this world and you started throwing parties like were you DJing before you were throwing parties uh like bedroom DJing yeah, yeah. like uh just 
like a lot of people that are into um electronic music like to mm-hmm. ju- that's kind of how they start out like you know i started out like with like tractor or whatever and mm-hmm. just like we like you know played the gorge campground or whatever till they mm-hmm. shut us down and that kind of thing i never really took it too too seriously um and was just kind of did it for fun and then uh, when Mark moved here, he was like, yeah, you need to step it up, bro. He's For like, sure. you, I was like, well, I'm not going to like book myself. He's like, yeah, but like, you know, like you should just know how to, you know, yada, yada. And so, and I actually bought equipment, um, like a full setup because I didn't want to rent it every yeah. time. And, you know, it's like, you know, anywhere from like 150 to 300 bucks to rent this equipment. And I did the math and, and I'm like, monthly well, party. yeah, I'll make my, yeah, exactly. Two years. So I was like. And I'm like, okay, well, I have this equipment at home. I might as well just, like, learn how to use it. And so that's just kind of, like, how it came about. So, like, before I just knew how to DJ on Tractor. I'd been on CDJs a few times, but I didn't know what record – I mean, I knew what record box was, but yeah. I didn't really. <laughs> so I just did that and just spent time essentially locking myself in my living room and playing. And sure. um, So, yeah, so that's how that kind of came about. So, yes. yeah. And then holy shit. And I'm like, we're, we, uh, Mark just gave me, um, he had a conversation with him today and he gave me our lineup and it's, <laughs> we got one of the artists on this lineup in our holy shit party. I would have been like wow. shitting myself. And oh my we, God. And there's I like can't four. wait. You and can I'm tell like, us off air. Yeah. It's super, <laughs> super sick. So, nice. um, we're going to call it like the noise complaint, noise complaints, house party or whatever, and try to give this like kind of house party vibe, maybe get like some inflatable furniture and play Dope. it around nice. and like kind of give it like that cozy living room, like hanging with the homies kind of vibe. So God, really, I wish we were going. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So do I. Uh, sounds amazing. Yeah. So doing that. Yeah. So I want to do a quick rapid fire Q and A oh, with you. Yeah, let's do it. Because I, uh, Right before we sat down, I just like randomly did a Facebook post because I was like, oh, I wonder if anybody has questions. And sometimes no one even sees the post because I don't give it enough time ahead. But did like did you tag me specifically? Oh, yes. Oh, I didn't even see this. No, no. I did it literally as we were setting up the mic. Oh, yeah. And I haven't even looked at my phone. She's sneaky like that. Oh, my God. So here we go. Um, Do you want to know who's asking the questions or do you want to just ask the questions? Uh, I kind feel like I kind of want to. I mean, I kind of want to know just because, like, I think that's could be funny context. It could be very funny. Yeah. Okay, so but should I not? Like, should I? Oh uh, no, I think let's go with yeah. it. Or we could have you guess who who asked the question. But um, okay, so the first question is from Ben Burdett, who already talked <laughs> I knew about, he was going to ask, one. and he says, "Why is Technic such a good track?" Ooh, uh, <laughs> I actually love. <laughs> of course, he asked that. Um, hmm. I think it's a good track because uh, it's got like this really kind of like melody that just like builds and builds and builds and it has a lot of tension Mm -hmm. in my opinion. I'm not like a producer so I don't understand like sound design really like on that kind of level but uh, I just like it has it has that horn kind of segment to it and I just like I love stuff that like kind of like builds the tension in the air. So you like foreplay? I guess, yeah. Okay, sure. That's good. Yeah, it's Your like DJ foreplay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like DJ foreplay. It's just a good, it's a good track, but like it's also very high energy at the mm-hmm. same time. So you can play it, 
you know, at the end of your set and it just, it plays perfectly, I think. Good I answer. I, I know exactly the song you're talking about. I remember I made a post asking him, yep. asking him just about songs to play. Cause yeah. I like, just and got, he, was he like, posted yeah. that on my page. Well, you asked for like a techie like, song and you're like, yeah. that's too techie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what you asked for, bro. Very true. Very yeah. true. I got, I got more questions though. I, but I, I want to rapid I know, fire no, through all these. I know. These. I got a different question though. Okay. Cause you just said, uh, DJ, um, foreplay. Yeah. That's a really good name. Yeah. How'd you come up with Soonish? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, I had like, I couldn't really think of any good names. Like I had some and I was like, oh, I wasn't really landing on anything. And like, I like I actually like the idea of your just your name, like Jordan Goff. Like, yeah. I think that that's a really cool way to do it. But like Jonathan Katz, like sounds like fantastic. Well, Especially with like the so, cat emoji with the heart eyes. But it would just be like, so <laughs> it sounds too fake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, a lot of people true. still don't believe that that's my last name is C-A-T-S, but it is. And so um, we were having, we had Luisa in town and around that time we were going to be do like, I was going to be DJing like the DJ sessions. And it was like my first time DJing in public for, if you will. And I was like, okay, I have to come up with a DJ name. And her, I was texting with her, like as she was getting on her flight and I was like a little delayed and she was like, see you soonish. And then like when I was like getting her cab, like to the, from or Uber or whatever, from the hotel to the event, like to the creme work, she was like, see you soonish. And then like when she was leaving, she was like, oh my God, I had so much fun. Like, hopefully I can come back soonish. Like she just kept saying, like it was, it became an inside <laughs> joke between yeah. her and I, like see yeah. you soon ish. And like, so I was like, oh, I'll just like. It always rem- always remember why yeah. like and she's an inspiration to me and so uh, that's where Soonish came from. Nice. Yeah, I like it. I yeah, it. and it ended up it's like it's like the perfect joke it's all the perfect. time. Like I can just drop ish on people ish. All, all the time and it's kind of hilarious. Yeah, I I keep it rapid fire. Okay, cool. Lucas <laughs> Lucas Whitehead wants to know if you were a yogurt, would you be fruit at the bottom or fruit at the top? Oh, definitely fruit at the top. I wear my heart on my sleeve. So yeah. what you see is what you get with me. So I'm not like, I don't ever hold anything back. You no don't have to dig for the goods. No, I'm right there. <laughs> yeah, Right no, for the taking. <laughs> no sneak attack. Austin Steele says, ask him about his dogs. Do you have dogs? I do. I have two Alaskan Klee Sunny and Cher. Aww. Yeah, they're amazing. They're super they're, cute. Well, I don't know what kind of dog that is. Have to, they're like uh, smaller little... Huskies, they're like basically. ten pound huskies. Oh, cute! Yeah, they're. So I had like cute. a Siberian husky for a long time. So much personality. They're like, very exuberant. Yeah. yeah, and they just talk. They don't yeah. bark or anything. Yeah. So they just oh, talk. Oh, to oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Especially if you've been yeah. gone. When you walk in, have you been gone? You literally yeah. get lectured. Yeah, they're. Oh, they. They come to work with me. They didn't come today because I was coming here, yeah. and I'm sure they're gonna be just <laughs> so mad at me. Yeah, like they're gonna be like, <laughs> what? I mean, they sassy. love my wife, but like they love coming to work and like you know my. I love that you take them to work with you. Yeah, That's every awful. day. Yeah, Aww. yeah, they're pretty. And rad. you did you get them both at the same time? Yeah, they're litter mates. Yeah, nice. Yeah. That's nice having a buddy. We've yeah. talked about having yeah. a buddy, but this one's already so big. I'm like, I don't know how we would have a second dog yeah, unless it was huge. a really small. Dog. I want. Yeah. We want to get a corgi. Yeah, corgis are cute. So yeah, they're very a, silly looking. If we had a corgi yeah. and a Great Dane. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. Super long legs and super short legs. I like it. Oh, Austin Steele has another question. He says, if you were doing going to a potluck, what dish would you bring? Oh, if I, ooh. Do you have like <laughs> like something you're really good at making or something that you're like, I know Whole Foods has this in the quick and grab aisle? Well, I always try to like make something, but it just depends on like how much time I have, like how deep I'm going to go. But like one of my go-tos at a potluck 
because it's so cheap and easy and tastes amazing is uh, like meatballs with Alfredo sauce, which I'm oh. sure neither one of you can eat either of those <laughs> things. But delicious. Though. Yeah, and I just get like the homestyle meatballs, like one bag to one whatever kind of Alfredo sauce you want. Yeah. Con- like that's the ratio and throw it in a crock pot and it's like nice. an hour later, they're so scrumptious. Delicious. So. probably find some dairy-free. We can do a sauce. version of that. Yeah, you probably could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jordan Davenport says, what is your favorite planet? He said, "Mine is the sun. It's a, it's a, it's a meme." But yeah, what's your favorite planet? <laughs> uh, I mean, Earth's pretty dope because I live on it. Um, I'm super interested in in Elon Musk making Mars habitable. Mm, yeah. So, I think my favorite planet though is the one that, that also on. has life on it that yeah. we haven't discovered yet. <laughs> okay. Because it's out there. They're out there. Matthew Streeter said, "If the moon, this so." So let me just preface this with Jordan did that meme. And then below, there's been many comments. But About we'll planets? Just, just all sorts of shenanigans. How, how does everyone know I love, this, <laughs> love the solar system and space so much? It is, wow. So I'm going to ignore most of the shenanigans going on, but I will ask one of the questions that made it on there that kind of makes sense, which is from Matthew Streeter. And he says, if the moon was made out of blue cheese, would you eat it? Not a blue cheese fan. Not a blue cheese nope. fan. Because nope. he says he knows he would. Yeah, good for him. He can have <laughs> I don't all like the blue cheese. cheese he can have the moon. Bro. I like cheese, but yeah. I don't like blue cheese. It's a little, it's a little stinky. Yeah. Uh, Alex Hankins, what is the biggest pet peeve that you have with this industry, with the music industry? Oh, avocado! Wow! <laughs> no, I'll be real. I, I, you don't have to I, name names. You can just talk about the peeve. Itself. No, yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, because if it was a peeve, it wouldn't be naming names. True. Like you know, yeah. like someone um, does this. There's a lot, actually, to be honest. But I think I think one of the biggest ones, and it's like we've been really lucky that we haven't caught a lot of this. But like, I do think there's a lot of. Um, unfriendly competition for lack of a better term like people think that like you're gonna step on their ground and that you're gonna like destroy what they've made or what they've built or um their night or whatever and like i mean no one has a claim to fridays no one Mm -hmm. has a claim to like third you know third saturdays or or a claim to monkey loft or a claim to whatever or a claim to an idea or a claim to an idea and i mean so i think that uh you know, we have a very rich house and techno music tradition here in Seattle. And so you have um, a, an older class of DJs and sometimes they don't vibe with the younger class. And it's not just the older folks that are doing that either. There's there's inter-genre and the, rough the wrestling. the age gap can also be between seven years and four years in the scene. Like yeah. some people who've been in it 10 years feel like they're yeah. OGs, but you're like, no, mm. you've been in it half the time of these other guys. Totally. And like, so I mean, I just... got into electronic music because of the community and because of the togetherness mm-hmm. and because of the way that it made me feel. And um, I realized that some people, maybe they didn't, but um, it means it's that to a lot of people. And I think that it's really sad to me that, uh, people feel as though like, you know, they have ownership over something or whatever, or they think that like someone's encroaching on them and it's mm-hmm. like, yo, just throw a better party yeah, exactly. right? or, or be a better DJ yeah. or whatever. And like, don't get like, if you're worried about everyone else around you, like that just shows it like, you know, like we've really been like heads down at noise complaint and like focused on ourselves and what can we do best i mean what can we learn from other people absolutely but i'm not like if someone wanted to spring a party up on second fridays i'd be like dude kill it like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like there's enough to go around you know 
Totally so, agree. That's my biggest pet peeve, I think. I think that you guys are doing a great job, at least from our perspective, of changing that. Because yeah, we I talked think to Mark a lot about before that. Before noise complaint was a thing, I felt like that was everywhere. And now that noise complaint is here, I feel like other people are starting to jump on the bandwagon of we're all down to support each other's nights yeah. and to and to intermix. Like I'm not just playing for this crew. Like I'll play for all these crews. Totally. The idea I, was I'm really always happy there. About that. It's just now it feels more mainstream. Yeah. yeah. It feels yeah. like people are accepting all across the board that that's a real thing. Yeah. I mean, I want to be like really careful not to like pat ourselves on the back too hard, but like the whole timber room takeover thing where we mm-hmm. have different crews come in every week. I really don't feel like that was happening yeah. prior to us. I mean, it was, but like you said, it was more, isolated and now it's like a thing like everybody does it in one way shape or form rather than just booking four djs they'll book a crew to come in and it's a slam dunk as a promoter Mm -hmm. because it just makes way more sense and it gives people ownership over that portion of the party and you end up intermixing like i've you know like not because i don't want to but i've maybe only been to like one uniting souls party ever and they're all great people that I've got to know over the last couple of years, but like it just doesn't work out for me or whatever. But like I'm super excited to play this party. Mm-hmm. And like I just from like, uh, you know, a couple interactions with Ramiro plan and Tate, like planning to go in there, like I've gotten to know them just that much better and it's broken that ice and like now if I see them, like I feel more that community connection mm-hmm. with them. And so like it's really it's really awesome. You know, it's not just some DJs playing. It's yeah. like it gives you a different kind of ownership over it. So Yeah, I feel like I come from a weird part of the scene considering like I always felt like I was connected to the place I was playing at. Yeah. Up until up until now in my career, it was never I'm going to go play at this place and then I'm going to go play at that place no. and like I'm going to play multiple places over the course of the month. It was like, "No, I'm playing my spot." Yeah. Cuz yeah. I like would get like strong-armed by a certain yeah. Club that would be like, yeah. you're our DJ and we're going to yeah. pay you more and we're going to give you more opportunities to not go anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that was a pretty common thing in Seattle of like, you're our yeah, DJ. Yeah, I hate that. I'm not. And like, then only in this last that. year has yeah. it been like, oh, that doesn't have to be the way it is. Like, I don't have any loyalty to anyone. Yeah. But, but you that, have loyalty that, to everyone. Is that's the, the thing. Well, yeah. So, so maybe. So there's yeah. a difference between loyalty to one person and loyalty to everyone. The difference is rather than loyalty to one person, I get loyalty to who I want to, who yeah. I think is doing the right things. And so I get to promote for the people that I think are doing a good job. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it comes off more organic that way. And it mm-hmm. comes off more genuine. And people, people so, notice that. You yeah. know what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. I like it. Um, Matthew Streeter said, how long do he and Mark Martinez cuddle before one of them decides to turn over and go to sleep? Oh, well, you know, Mark's got a boo now, so I don't get as many cuddle sessions as I used to. So, you know, avocado, I guess, on that. (laughs) I would say we'll answer that one. Mark's a great cuddler. From Jordan and Antonella. Like, we're definitely cuddlers, but when I'm ready to sleep... I'm like, I'm going on my side now and yeah. you go on your side and yeah. I need to like have my space. Are, yeah. you, are you a cuddler? I'm a cuddler. My wife's like, like all through get sleep? on your side of the bed. Yeah. I'm like, girl, like I need a back tickle Yeah, and I need some cuddling yeah. before I can I'm definitely down. Like I love that and I need yeah. that. But once it's the like actually sleeping. The first 15 minutes sleeping, is real cuddles yeah. and then once it gets to like, all right, we're actually tired now. It's like, 
Pete. Well, I'm bad Some about, people like, want to cuddle all night. And I'm like, how am I supposed to sleep if I'm like, like uncontorted? Yeah, I've seen like one toe in contact with oh, her true. body. Oh, true. Like, it's that. like an yeah. energy yeah. transfer yeah. situation. I think I definitely keep yeah. a foot or something. Yeah. 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 That's true. Okay. She doesn't need that, though. She's she doesn't. Like, get out of my space. She's like, this <laughs> is my baba. Yeah. Oh, here's one. Do the dogs sleep in bed with you? No, nice. although occasionally they do. Yeah. Um, like once a month, we'll let them. So like last night, we we uh, watched that dogs documentary mm. that's on Netflix. Mm. We watched the first episode, and we were both we just a mess, that. like oh. crying. And so I'm like, yeah, the dogs are sleeping with us tonight. Oh, we need to watch yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like to it was about a special uh, needs kids that have like dogs. So like kids that have like developmental disorders like or maybe like one had see has epilepsy seizures all the time like one has really bad balance like because her like spinal cord is all the way that it's shaped and everything and so it was like it was really hard we didn't even make it through the whole episode my wife's like i gotta change it like all right we're coming back to it tonight like we just like one at a time you know but yeah yeah nice brian becker how many licks does it actually take to get to the center of a tootsie pop um, I'll quote my favorite Christmas movie of all time and say, bend over and I'll show you. <laughs> what movie is that from? Uh, Christmas Vacation. Okay. okay. Yeah. The, the neighbors asked Clark where yes. he's going to put the tree and he's like, bend over and I'll show you. Yeah. So Elaine. Fresh on my mind. Elaine yeah. from Seinfeld yeah. and her. Margo. Yeah. Margo. Yeah. I don't know. Margo. God. Okay. We have to watch that again. Yeah. Great movie. Um, David Scott Clark. Mm-mm. How many cats is a Jonathan? Uh, one one well you know what i actually i kind of identify as a taco cat oh. which is a palindrome and that's two what? cats oh okay or is it one what yeah you know taco cat is spelled yeah the same forwards and backwards, and backwards. Palindrome. Yeah. i actually have a tattoo of a taco cat on my leg no way <laughs> yeah flying nice. through space it's that's pretty sweet amazing. that's really funny so, so someone, two two taco cats so i'm sure you've heard cats. about the festival apog at this point yeah right so my some of my really good friends are the ones that were throwing that and they two of them came up with an idea and it was cat burrito yeah and so they never really, they never ended up making a set out of it. They ended up working too much, but we've seen the outfit. <laughs> weird and the enough, stage presence is, of it. it. They, they, it's got they, potential. They get really sure. extreme, but like yeah. part of one of their ideas is basically uh, me teach RJ how to DJ, and so he's up there DJing. And during his set, Eddie comes up as a cat and is like dancing around and doing like a live performance as a cat. <laughs> Well, the stage presence alone sounds incredible. He, and you yeah. should see his whole get up. Like, he kind of did a little mock run of it when we were screwing around at APOG. And I was he's like, the best damn is, cat you've ever seen in yeah. life. He's, he's a full on cat. Very animated. I like it. Alan O, would you rather fight one carnage sized ATB <laughs> or three ATB sized carnages? I don't even know what any of those words what are. The well, fuck, carnage Alan? is like the DJ. Oh, he's like a yeah. trap DJ. ATB is ATB? two. ATB is like a trance DJ, and oh. carnage is a garbage producer. <laughs> I feel like if I fought ATB, I'd get like the whole trans fam after me. Mm. And I feel like I could take a couple gut shots on Carnage okay. and just like knock the wind out of him. Yeah. And uh, could- yeah, so whatever the Carnage. Carnage size- would very m- way more lose. Yeah, very way more. Lo- exactly. <laughs> Neither. I love it. <laughs> avocado avocado this last one i can't quite tell if it's for you or if it's I'm, i think it's i don't know john sleep asks alan o and david scott clark <laughs> says follow up would one rather or would one so i guess this will go for me and you and we'll, we'll you'll see why in a second so jordan would you rather fight one jonathan-sized cat or eight cat-sized jonathan's 
eight cat sized Jonathans. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that sounds kind of scary. I don't know. Oh, yeah. So I think it was one Jonathan sized cat. Yeah, I mean, or eight. So so a lion, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or a jaguar, or eight little Jonathan, or or eight toddlers. Take eight toddlers. So and then I'll feel bad kicking a bunch of baby Jonathans. <laughs> I mean, if it's a life or death situation, because I mean, yeah, it's a Jonathan-sized cats, like a like maybe an ocelot or something. Yeah, that should still fuck you up. Yeah, real talk. But as you can see from the ridiculous variety of questions, like we have a pretty fucking awesome community of people who love you and support you and know that you're down for silliness and shenanigans and ridiculous questions. And I like that. Yeah, me too. I like that you bring that out in people. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, uh, you know, you got to stop and like kind of like know where you are in like the mm-hmm. community and the space and the universe sometimes and be like okay like what 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 am i bringing to the table and like you know it's nice to like you know that people you know resonate with that whether it's a noise complaint party or self-care sunday or a silly facebook post or whatever you know mm-hmm. so uh it's like you know life doesn't last that long so it's important to take the things seriously that need to but it's also important i think to just like really just find like simple joys all day long and be silly and funny and you know that's i love stuff. that agreed one last thing that we have to ask you yes. because we tend to get into it with every person we have on here um like do you have any large overarching goals of like things that you want to do what do you like, want to manifest what, what what if you could just like create anything and this podcast was a stepping stone for you being able to make your wildest dreams come true what comes to your mind because to warn you we've had several people on this podcast who have (laughs) talked about whatever it was and then within the near future are like holy shit all of those things are coming to happen right now yeah i mean that's that's hard because like there's you know like you said like people have manifested it so it's like when you say like oh this is what i want to do like it's like you have to think like is this something i'd be willing to do you know what i mean um i think like especially in the context of kind of what we've been talking about a little bit more here and probably like the people that would be listening to this is we do like noise like i have a normal job right like i'm not like noise complaints not going to be like my day job or anything anytime soon but like we would love to throw some larger scale uh events be it in the seattle area and beyond mainly in the seattle area and so um i think that's probably like one of the biggest goals i have coming up for the next year Mm -hmm. because it's a really daunting process to do stuff like that Uh, I don't even know where to begin kind of thing. So we've been talking about it. So that's probably like one of my biggest ones is is taking things outside of just the nightclub, you know, uh, moving into next year and doing something cool with that. I like it. I think you're totally capable. Mm -hmm. And a big part is having a team. And you're really good at building a team of people who are like-minded and excited about what you're doing. So I think if you put that out there, then um, all the right people will start to come along that will help you make it happen. Yeah. And that's something we're actually actively working on. Like Mark and I just had a meeting last week about like really giving people tools to be successful. And like, we don't have to do everything ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like not that we do, we don't at all, but like, 
you know, micromanaging is, you know, something that I'm good at and delegating is something I'm not. So (laughs) I'm, you know, continually trying to improve myself on that. And so like this is like that's something that we have plans to do is like really like give the team around us like ownership of their respective, you know, roles or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to that a lot in 2019 is like getting people like hyped about doing their own thing so yeah Yeah. getting outside of the entrepreneurship side of things and getting the managerial side of things where you're letting that creation that you manifested Uh, kind of blow up and what it needs to be and you just like when people have the ownership because you've given it to them like they just perform and i just think like things mushroom from there like that's like uh, you know, I'll, like I'll hand it to Sean Majors. Like one of the things that like I think he does better than anybody is he he gives people like ownership and delegates and like you know mm-hmm. I'm not on any of his teams so I don't see it on the inside but like from an observational standpoint like I think that's something he excels at and you see it when people are like uh, involved in the events that he throws and like they're talking about it like it's their event and they 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 feel that way about it at least from my perspective that's Agreed. my observation yeah. the amount of people i've watched who basically have no experience under their belt and yeah. suddenly sean's like hey here's this super yeah. big opportunity you're leading yeah. the charge and yeah. they're like what the f- oh okay yeah and, and it's really are so cool happy to, about yeah. it and then they own it and they feel this like all right i'm gonna prove myself yeah and yeah nine times out of ten they do yep so and it's hard i mean we you know people a lot of people do say they want to be involved and then like when it comes time to put the work in so you have to like find the right people but also not be gun shy from giving people like the opportunity or whatever so it's like it is a balance but we're getting there nice yeah i'm excited to see what you guys have in the future so am i Mm -hmm. sweet well thank you so much for joining the gravity of the podcast thank you guys for having me it was a lot of fun genuinely love you just so you know like genuinely yeah no you guys are good people i mean you got good energy and just like sparkle what you sparkle Sparkle. We like, yeah. people, who we like people who sparkle. Yeah, you, you sparkle. So, well, you know, not everyone has to sparkle, you know, yeah. but the people that do, they bring a lot of you know cool shit into the world, and you know, and the people that you know maybe don't sparkle, maybe they get their sparkle from enjoying it and experiencing yeah. it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like people compare themselves to others a lot, and I don't think that you need to do that. You just mm-hmm. got to be your best self. So. Agreed. Beautiful party words for Jonathan Katz. Thank you so much. Thank you soon. Or whoa, I totally messed that one up. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, and we'll talk to you soon. Ish. Ish. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Gravity Lift Podcast with Jordan and Antonella. If you like our show and want to find more, check out our website at gravitylift.space. And when you get a sec, please rate and review us on iTunes to help us spread these vibes far and wide.